Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 11th episode of the Drunken Boxing Podcast, coming to you from Beijing, China. This is the second episode that I have had to do via internet call due to the ongoing current situation that has now affected the entire planet. Uh, looking at the bright side, at least you can entertain yourself while at home during this period by listening to these podcasts. Before I introduce today's guest, just a reminder: if you guys enjoy the Drunken Boxing Podcast as well as my other projects on the Mushin Martial Culture YouTube channel, you can support these endeavors through my Patreon, which can be found at patreon.com. Forward slash Mushin Martial Culture, all one word. As always, I appreciate any support, and it helps me to be able to continue creating quality content for you guys. The links to our Patreon and YouTube channel are in the show notes. Moving on, today's guest is Guan Nan Wang, who is also known as Chris Wang. I have known him since he was probably around ten or so years old, and he had just moved to South Africa. His father, Wang Guangquan. Was the martial arts instructor at the high school I attended, which was a Chinese high school, and he was also the head martial arts instructor to the monks living at the Nanhua Buddhist Temple there in South Africa. His father is a well-known martial artist who acted as the Emperor Li Shimin alongside Jet Li in the famous movie The Shaolin Temple. But more about that in the podcast. Chris Wong has been doing martial arts for the majority of his life. Studying under his father, and then moving on to study and focus on various styles, returning to Beijing annually to further his studies with his teachers. Over many years, these included Shao Bei, Yi Quan, Tang Lang Quan or Mantis Fist, Tai Chi Quan, and others. His key focus over the past few years has been on deep Tai Chi Quan practice, and more recently he has started focusing his training on Wu Xing or Five Element Tong Bei Quan. These two are now constituting his main focus. He currently runs Tri Essence Martial Arts in South Africa, and his contact details are in the show notes for anyone interested in reaching out to him. Chris has always been a serious practitioner of the Chinese martial arts, and someone who I watched grow up over in the arts over the years. And his passion really hasn't relinquished. He has deep experience in these arts and insights into practices, which we discuss in what turned out to be a great discussion. I'm sure you will all find this discussion as fascinating as I did. So let's get right into it. Here he is, Chris Wong. Okay, welcome, Chris. Good to have you on here. You're the second guest that I'm going to be doing via the internet call.、Um, usually, I do these podcasts in person, and I was going to wait for you to be in Beijing again, but with the situation that's going on here, well, I don't know when that will be and what will happen this year. So I thought let's get it done by by internet. Ah、uh, yeah, thanks for having me. And、okay. yeah, I'm also a bit worried about you know going back to Beijing this year. Might have to postpone it. Yeah, you usually come back for a bit of time every year. So you were planning to come、yeah. when? Same time again this year? Yeah, usually on in September to November. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have to see by then. I'm quite optimistic that I think summer will actually make this.、Uh, Virus burn out a little bit, but、uh, we have to wait to see what the reality is by then. So,、uh, yeah, well, I, I should hope so. I mean, yeah, it can't go on forever. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. I mean, I've been at home for five weeks. <laughs> I'm going bloody crazy here, but you know, what can I do? It's better than getting sick, I suppose. Yeah. So yeah, yeah definitely. 
Okay, so why don't you give a little bit of, I mean, I, okay, I'll, I'll start with a bit of a background. Uh, Chris Wong, I've known him since he was a young boy, uh, way back when in South Africa. He originally hails from China, but I'll let him give his introduction um, about himself and his martial arts. So go ahead, Chris. All right, yeah, so I've always been interested in martial arts when I was a kid, because, you know, uh, I used to see my dad practice. So I always wanted to learn from him, but he didn't want to teach me because I was getting fired at school. So he's afraid I'm going to, you know, hurt someone or do something bad. And I always mm -hmm. nag him. But he, uh, so he didn't teach me until I got to South Africa. But then, you know, he got invited to South Africa to teach at the Nahua Temple. Yeah. And at that time, there was like a massive clock. So I, I just joined in and I started training. So that was around the age of 11. Okay, yeah, so, so that was him. That's when yeah. you started training, yeah. right? That was when you first started doing yeah, actually in I, South Africa. Yeah, that's when, when I you first started training. Yeah, in South Africa, yes. I was going to do when I was smaller, but he didn't want to teach me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. I understand. Yeah. Before we get into a little bit more, but I just want to just give a little bit of background. So I went to a Chinese school um, when I was growing up in South Africa, and um, Chris's father was called by the Nanhua Temple, which was. A very big Buddhist temple that was built in in South Africa, and he was also a teacher at the school, which was a normal school that I was at, um, as a martial arts teacher there. And um, because it was it was a Chinese school, there was also a connection with the temple. Um, I remember seeing Chris and his dad. I, I'm a little bit older than Chris, but I remember I was in high school, and I think yeah, you were like ten or eleven when I first saw you. And you were pretty tall for your age. I just remember you were this uh, quite tall looking kid and you were pretty interested in martial arts. I mean, I didn't really talk to you, but uh, I remember that much. But your dad, um, <coughs> your dad has a background in, in, in martial arts. He's also um, quite well known to people who have seen the movie Shaolin Temple, but they probably wouldn't know. Um, who I'm talking about? He actually played Li Shimin, right? The the emperor in in the movie. Uh, yeah, the, the the emperor of Tang. Yeah, the Tang emperor who the monk saved, which is basically the core part of the story. So that was your dad. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's my dad. Well, how did he get into that? Before we get into your your um your background. Uh, how 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 did he get into the movie? Yeah, I mean, into movies and into that role and, uh, yeah, all of that. Is there any interesting yeah, so info? I think, uh, I think from what he told me at the time, he was working at a factory in Henan. Okay. You know, due to the whole, what was called back then. You know, it's when, when, when the city people who are less uh, red have to be moved out to, to, to countryside and other provinces to work in factories. Right, right. So it was, so it's not, yeah, forced. Uh, you know, shang, shang, shang shan, xia xiang. I don't know what's called right. in English. Yeah. That, so this was a part of the cult. Well, a part of the communist government's drive to, to get educated people to go to the countryside or to work in in um, jobs that were more labor intensive that they weren't used to, and then countryside people to come into the city to to learn. So it was somewhat a, a forced move and change of profession right uh yeah so he was born in beijing he grew up in beijing but he then was sent to uh, hunan province he was working in some factory mm -hmm. i think that's when the the, the talent scout found found him okay and yeah and i guess i saw he looked 
you know, like an emperor kind of character. So they're causing here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, your your dad has always come across as a bit of a, like a, a, a mystical air about him. I mean, I remember even the first time I saw him, he he kind of reminded me give... of that. Yeah. yeah, he was very good looking when he was younger, you know, a lot better than me. So <laughs> kind of fit, fit, fit the role. But did he have a martial arts background that was uh, also part of the reason why they they cast him? Um, yes, yeah, he started training at a pretty young age as well in Beijing. Okay. Uh, he started with, with Bai Yuan Tongbei, that, that's oh. his first, first style. Yeah, in Niu, Niu Jie, you know, the Muslim street. Yeah, interesting. I just released that video that I restored of, uh, of uh, Bai Yuan Tongbei and the guys oh, from... Oh, Bai Yuan Tongbei, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty famous yeah, well, place I think, for it. Oh, yeah, I think all Bai Yuan Tongbei in Beijing come from Niu, Niu Jie one way or another. Yeah, so that's um, like the, the only lineage. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So just so the listeners know, Niujie is in the southern part of Beijing, and it's pretty well known today. If you want to go get um, Muslim food and Muslim things, it's actually the the best place to go get that kind of stuff. It's a whole street of. I think a lot of Muslim people did yeah. live there, right? Yes, it was initially a, a, an entire street just of Muslim people. I think now it's more mixed. Yeah, now it's now it's pretty commercial. Jesus, if you can afford to to live there, you've got some money, you know. So, <laughs> all right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I do hear that they have the best quality of beef in Beijing. Well, I, I mean, buy high quality beef, you go there. Yeah, my my shirf, my shirmu, my shirfu's wife. She would uh, ride her bicycle from their home, uh, even even up until recently, from their home, which is in uh, Weigongchun, which is on the western side of Beijing. She would ride a bit. That's pretty far. Yeah, she'd ride all the way down there to buy beef and ride all the way back. So, yeah, it it is the place to buy beef. But nowadays with Taobao, you don't need to do that. But, you know, my Shifu's old and Shimu's old school. So (laughs) they still did it that way. Yeah, Yeah, that's, that's quite a far ride. Yeah. All right. So you came to South Africa. Your dad came to teach. Uh, martial arts specifically um, at the temple, correct? Yes. Uh, yeah. So you guys weren't living at the temple, or were you in the beginning? Uh, we were actually. Um, there was a. Yeah, initially we stayed at the townhouse just next to the 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 temple structure. Okay. It was like built for for some of the you know the the people who work at the temple. Right. Right. And how long were you living there? Yeah. So we lived it. Oh, I lived there for about two years, I think. Because that was quite a drive out of the actual town or city of Johannesburg. I mean, it was, or even Pretoria, it was pretty far out. Um, uh, yes, it's about an hour to Pretoria or to Johannesburg. It was I remember. Really, out, you know, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, and that was actually quite a beautiful temple. Um, if Am I correct in saying that it was a Taiwanese government initiative or a Taiwanese community initiative that built the temple? Uh, Taiwanese community. I mean, oh, they're right. from the Fuguangshan organization, right? So they like, I'm not sure if the government funded them, but they get funding from a lot of the Taiwanese business people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I was still in school, most of my, my Chinese friends were actually from Taiwan. There was a huge Taiwanese uh, uh, population in, in South Africa. Uh, yes, but that's, yes. Well, that's when I first came changed. here, it's all Taiwanese people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I, when I first came here, I don't see mainland people. It's all Taiwanese everywhere we go. 
Yeah, so why did... Uh, that's also interesting that the Nanhua Temple contacted somebody from the mainland and, and didn't look for somebody from Taiwan to teach there. Do, do you know anything about that? Uh, I don't know why the the abbot at the time, Hui Li Fa Shi, didn't look for someone in Taiwan, but he hmm. was uh, traveling frequently to Beijing to organize... Um, like like a classical structure uh, architect to help him design the temple. Oh, okay. And yes, and during that time, he was asking around if um, if they know of a martial artist who's also a Buddhist. So he oh, was right. very strict on 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 those requirements. It had to be a martial art master as well as a Buddhist. Yeah. That he would like to 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 invite to South Africa. And and my dad's like you know quite he's quite recognized amongst happened to the same group of people the people who does the classical architecture who restores temples and stuff oh really so then so that, that's how yeah well that's interesting yeah and he also yeah Hulivash also contacted one of the curator of the forbidden city who's oh. also like a long-time friend of my dad okay so that that's how, how his name popped up a couple of times and then and that's how Hulivash eventually arranged a meeting right right Okay, well, so it was, I mean, quite quite an interesting roundabout way, but I guess fate works like that. And, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, were you raised, I mean, did your dad raise you as a Buddhist? Uh, yes, yeah. I got my, I took my refuge at, at three years old and my uh, layman vow at five. Okay. Yeah, but your, was it, it was uh, Tibetan Buddhism, right? Uh, initially not. When I was when I took refuge at three, he was at Guang Guangji Si, which is a, a, a Chinese Buddhist temple. So Chan. He was kind of, Yeah, um I'm not sure if Guangji Si is Chanzong is but it is a Han Handi Fujiao place. Okay. It is it's one of the, the, the Chinese Buddhist temples. So initially he was going there all the time. I used to go with him when I was small. Okay. And um yeah, then, then later on, that uh, Guangji Si, which was actually one of the, the very old, probably one of the oldest temples in Beijing, was built in the Yuan Dynasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beijing Jishilin, which is like the Beijing layman's society, happened to be borrowing an office at Guangji Si to operate, but at the time they didn't have their, their own space. Okay. So my dad got to meet with the head of the, the layman society. Now, the layman society in Beijing it's it, it's not exclusive to Tibetan Buddhists. You, I mean, you can be a uh, you know a Chinese Buddhist and also be part of it. Right. But its head, the the the, the two headmasters, then they themselves are Tibetan Buddhists. Oh, I see. Okay. So that's 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 how my dad got in contact with Tibetan Buddhists, and then eventually he was uh you know he was converting to Tibetan Buddhism. Right. And you too. Uh yes yeah go well, back then I didn't really know anything so I just followed him. Oh, of course. Okay, so it was more about your dad's influence at that point. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, because I was like, you know, yeah, it was between three to six. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. You were you guys eating meat when you first came to South Africa? I don't remember. Uh, yes. Well, when I was when I was three, we weren't eating meat back in China because I was like, he was going for the very strict Chinese Buddhist tradition. Right. But after he was converted to Tibetan Buddhism, then we started eating meat again. Yeah, you can eat meat under Tibetan Buddhism. You don't eat fish, is that? Uh, yeah. I, I don't remember. Is it fish? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Anything with scales. Yeah, I, I don't eat seafood. Uh, I don't eat seafood. Like, okay. Yeah. 
All right. Yeah, well, that's interesting. All right. So let's get back to you. You came to South Africa. You started tra uh, training when your father, well, when your father started teaching, um, both in in the temple uh, yeah. and at the school, right? Uh, yeah. And and your your dad was busy training and teaching the monks at the temple. Is that right? Uh, yes, because the uh, Holy Father, the Abbot at the time, you know, he's got this, this, uh, you know, wish that that his African monks are like Shaolin monks too. You know, they can like do kung fu and then re re recite Buddhist scriptures. Mm. That was like kind of that was kind of his dream. Right, right. Did it ever get to what he wanted? Because I, I mean, I rem I met some of the guys that were monks there at for periods of time. Some of the African monks that had done some kung fu mm -hmm. but i mean i i don't know much of like i i met quite a few that were in the temple for some time and then left i don't know how 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 many people uh, stayed through and uh, actually gained skill oh, I see. Yes. And, and became pretty deep in buddhism too oh uh, um yeah a lot of the monks you see they got monks from central africa like angola and congo and uh -huh. places like that and you know, and they sort of attract them to come here for free education. Okay. So it's not it's not it's not really the religion that those people are interested in. It's more like a way out. Oh right, I see. So, so for, for some of them that I know of, they come here, they learn Chinese or Mandarin, mm. and then they'll just go out and become translators. Oh, I've okay. also met one who, who was like you know, I met one in in Alice Park, and he was like. You know, doing trade with Chinese people. Oh, really? So they don't all, yeah, yeah, they don't all remain as monks. And those that lost the first three years, I think, then they get sent to Taiwan for further study in the, you know, in the Fogongshan headquarters. Ah, oh, right. Okay. So they go more into the Buddhism yes, side. Uh, yes, but a lot of them, they just see this as, as a stepping stone to, to get out of their own, own poverty. Okay, I see. I get it. And how long was your dad teaching there for? I, I can't remember. He was, he was teaching there for at least 10 years. Mm. Kind of lost count. It's, it's been quite a while. Yeah, yeah. And after he stopped teaching there, I mean, you didn't carry on teaching in his place, did you? Uh, No, 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 I didn't. You, um, you didn't want to? You see, what happened was, Hui, well, Hui Lifa, she, the, the abbot that invited us, he eventually left. I don't know what, what happened, politics or whatever. And uh -huh. he went and built another temple I think he, in Malawi or something. Mm. So, so, so the so the Nawa Temple was under new management, and we didn't feel an an affinity to the new management. Right? Was the new management out of mainland China? I think that's what happened. No, 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 no. Still out of no, China. No, no, no. They, they, they still from 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 Fuguangshan. Ah, okay. Okay. And, and it was at the time where they had like the constantly switching abbots. There was like, quite a few abbots in. In like a few years now now that you mentioned then, it i actually then, remember that i remember that yeah yes and and every abbot got got like his own he his or her own idea on how to run the temple yeah 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 i remember that so just just keep yeah just keep going back and forth back and forth and yeah and i don't really like all the politics going on yeah i mean that's never good i mean politics in anything just makes everything very uncomfortable and counterproductive so. uh yes and at some point, you know, they were saying the monks, the the African monks, they have don't want to do martial arts anymore. Really? There was a, a lot of different, uh, yeah, there was a lot of different opinions from, it's like, you know, they, they keep switching different opinions. 
Well, that's interesting. Well, you know, uh, yeah. You know, I still remember way back then, like even the Chinese martial arts scene in South Africa. What a mess it was. I mean, in, not in terms of uh, in terms of each school being messy. I mean, schools were all different, but just the whole idea of Chinese martial arts in general in South Africa was pretty messy. Uh, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of people pretending to be things they weren't. There was a lot of animosity, like politics between schools and yes. It's, yeah, I remember that. I mean, I I started the 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 whole thing with the South African Wushu Federation to try, kind of move it forward. But actually, I mean, it's very hard to. Everybody's got their own their own agenda. Everyone's got their own. Uh, well, a lot of people are trying to just. They're 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 not in it for martial arts. They are in it for martial arts, but the number one goal is that they are successful. So there's always going to be difficulties but i yes I, yes know. i actually think yeah i actually think a lot of them aren't really interested in martial arts they're more interested in making money yeah that's the bottom line i think so when it gets to that yes. point it's always it's always one sees another martial artist as a competitor like when i was younger i still remember one martial arts school and another martial arts school i didn't understand why they they didn't get along because i'm always interested in looking at other martial arts and and comparing skills and seeing what's different and what's alike but but as you understand, it's it's not about martial arts, like you just said. So yeah, it kind of goes backwards. Uh, yeah, because I remember like long ago, you know, before the Wushu Federation, you know, with mm. like Saru Swanepoel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Swanepoels. Yeah, it was a lot of politics. Yeah, yeah. I remember that they because were, they were constantly saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, you go ahead. Yeah, yeah. They were constantly telling us. You know that you know they're gonna shut down Leo Zebra. They're gonna shut down this guy and that guy who isn't part of the the affiliation. Mm. Uh, yeah, it was just a bunch of power play. Like they're not actually interested in in, in martial arts itself or, or the knowledge or the, the the research of it. You know, I I used to be pretty upset when I was trying to unite all the martial arts schools in in South Africa to get together to come together to to at least have some sort of a competition. I was upset when when schools didn't want anything to do with it because they were just focusing on their own thing. But, you know, as as I as I got older, as I as I became more mature, I kind of, you know, that's okay too. It's I mean, if people don't want to be part of an association or be involved in a federation, why should anybody force them to do anything? Let the, let them do whatever the hell they want to do. In today's day and age with the internet, people are able to check and see and be exposed to so many legitimate things so if somebody's making a claim it's not difficult for you to check uh, to see not only what his claim is but to see if what he's teaching you matches what he's claiming and you know if that school mm, continues yeah. to to exist even if it's good or bad it's 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 up to each person i don't see why you know i don't think anybody should be forced into anything because martial arts is a personal thing at the end of the day you know so Mm, yeah, it is. But I know how yeah, hard it for, is. For them, it's, it's mostly for money. Yeah, but I know how hard um, it is. Like for guys yeah. that, like like you that have legitimate martial arts uh, skills and legitimate martial arts knowledge to teach, because people are being advertised so much stuff, they don't know the difference. So I do know it can be frustrating yeah. too. So and anyway, we've kind of gone off. off, off uh, yes. Yeah. But let's get back to you. Let's get back to you. So you came to South Africa. You right. started training. What was your What was your dad teaching mostly when he was uh, 
Uh, if I remember, you guys were teaching Xiaobei, right? Yes, yes, that, 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 that's his main style. So he started off with Bai and Tongbei when he was like young. Mm. And then and then he got sent to various places during the Cultural Revolution. Yeah. So I think when he was in in Chengde, um he, he met he was training in, in like one of the, the woods where right. he met some Xiaobei people. Okay. And then he liked what they, they, they do, so he started doing Xiaobei. I think that he was around twenty something at the time. And then eventually he he was pretty good, so they took him to Zhang Rongshi, who was the head of Xiaobei at, at the time. Mm. And he stayed at his his home for a couple of months, learning everything. So that became his main style. So he was right. and when he came back to Beijing, he taught Xiaobei at the Dongdang Wu uh, Shu Guan, one okay. of the, the first uh, government instated martial arts schools in Beijing, I think, after the Cold Revolution. Right. Yeah, I think it was headed by Li Bingzi and um, Ma Hanqing. Okay, I do. I, I do know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the place you're talking about. So let, I'm, I'm just for yeah, the listeners so that don't know. I just want to quickly give a bit of background so they kind yeah. of Shao Bei is two characters. Shao is in Shaolin Shao, and Bei is in Northern yes. Bei. Um, what is yeah. what is the style's roots if you could give uh because it's not very well known especially not in the west yeah yeah i think there's someone in italy that's promoting it and that's about it i, I yeah. don't know anywhere else where people actually know, knows about it yeah okay so the official story according to the system themselves right from zhang Rongshi, is that some monk who exiled from the temple went to shanghai guan Okay, and that's where he where he learned it from, because because his original home is in Shanghai Guan. All right, so Shanghai before he moved to Shanghai. Yeah. Shanghai Guan is actually the 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 Great Wall door where the Manchus actually came in from when they set up the Qing Dynasty and invaded China. That was, if I remember, uh, yeah. the last the last uh, stronghold was Shanghai Guan. That's actually where the doors opened from the inside, and they came in. Yes, it's one of the yeah one of the important keeps yeah, in, yeah. Uh, on the Great Wall. Right. Okay. So, so yeah, carry on. So that so that's according to him, right? Uh, Zhang, mm. uh, Grandmaster Zhang Rongshi. Right. And then he learned it from there, and that's how it came. And then, and then later on, he moved to Jinzhou, which is like a it's like a town in in Dongbei. Mm. And that's where it, it, it took root. But obviously, you know, after growing up and being more more read more read up on martial history, mm. I don't really know if I believe his tale. Yeah. Why? What makes you what makes um, you skeptical? Um, like if you if you read the Shaobei classics, right, the, the manuscript, you can see that there are stuff that got borrowed from all kinds of different styles. Okay. So, 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 so probably you know the pure Shaobei guy are gonna hate me for saying this, but I really <laughs> think Zhang Shi made the style up him himself. I mean, it's not saying the style is bad or it doesn't work, but I don't think it has the history that he claims. You know, to be honest, between you and me, I kind of had the same feeling. I thought he he created the style myself. That was what I always believed. Uh, yes, because you know one of the the section in in the in in the curriculum is 24fan. Mm-hmm. And its manuscript is exactly the same as Fan Zichuan. Well, yeah, that's it. That would make sense. Uh, and I mean, it, it's it's like 
okay, they, you can argue they all have the root in the short name, but you can't have the same manuscript. For sure. They, they, you know. Sure. And then part of the other, part of the other Ruhuaquan, you know, the manuscript you can see some of the, it's kind of copied from the Taiji classics. Yeah. So you can see, but the pieces that he pulls together, um, mm. it doesn't, you know, the, the the script itself doesn't look like it's completely unique. Well, that's the interesting thing about Chinese martial arts, and what you've just said is actually pretty common. Actually, if people look closely at a lot of Chinese martial arts through history, yes, and 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 I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't know no. why people get so offended because they don't have a, a thousand year history. Well, that that is it. I mean, this is why people have to invent a story and they have to create classics is exactly because people yes. expect something if it's good it's got to be very old it's got to be connected to some uh important person in history and it's got to have this these classics that are well written and deep so so a lot of the time people actually invent that just because that's what people want to legitimize the art but the art itself is good. I mean, when I look at Xiaobei, it looks like a very practical, well put together system. I, I was I was always impressed by it. I could yeah. see personally, well, it looked like there was Chuo Zhao, it looked like there was Fan Zichuan, it looked like there was a bit of Tongbei mm. in there. But that that's just from a layman's perspective. But that's not a bad thing, right? I mean, it's a good, well put together no, system. Not. Yeah. So. Yes, I think if you kind of distance yourself from. The branding, then, then you know, the history doesn't really matter, right? Mm. You wanna just make sure whatever you do is effective and and well sort of. Right, right. So, could you explain the system content and curriculum a little bit, and maybe give an, a description of the style? Uh, so you start off with like what they call qigong pao. The it's like seven basic handworks. Okay. Uh, well, it's actually it's first called shou, shou qigong, so the seven practice of the hand, and then they add the stepping and the kick, mm. become qigong pao, the seven cannons. Right. And after that, you you move into like um, I think I think one of the objects is Ar Si Fan, and then there those that they are called uh, I can't remember too well, but Ar Si Fan I think is considered as short hand, and then they have like long fist. The, what they call the Dian Gang Quan. Okay. It's one of the the, the main one. The one of the main um, long first form is called Dian Gang Quan. The other one is called uh, Chan Lin Quan. I think I learned Dian Gang Quan. I didn't learn Chan Lin Quan. I actually remember seeing you. Like a, I remember seeing you do Dian Gang Quan uh, way back when when you uh, were yeah. still a kid. Yeah, it's a, yeah. That's one of the main forms, so to speak, in the style. And after that, they have like Ruhuaquan, which is supposed to be a, an advanced, softened, a more softer style. Okay. Which I, I think, you know, they kind of got the idea from, from Tai Chi. Right. At least the idea, right? The mm. movement, maybe not, but the idea that, you know, after you being hard, you have to be soft. Mm. And that soft is like at a higher level than the hard stuff. Right, right. So, so that, and then they have different type of weapon, like they have like eight, they have like, uh, there's the thirteen straight sword, and then the, the eight, a broadsword, and they have all kind of other weapons. Right. Um, so I learned the straight sword. I I learned I did a bit of the the broadsword, but the rest I didn't. Um, okay. wasn't really interested at, at the time. Also because the, the curriculum is too big. There's so many the different things. 
Right, right. Well, that's, that's one and of then, the things with a big curriculum the, is uh, sometimes people just don't actually, aren't able to focus properly on the whole thing because it's too big. Uh, yes, I think, in fact, uh, besides Grandmaster Zhang Rongshi, I don't think anyone else really learned everything completely. Right, right. Well, that's interesting. So I think if and they also have a lot, yeah, of, you carry on. So yeah, yep. yeah, no, no, you carry on. Okay, they also have a lot of a lot of, a lot of external training, like iron hand, hit, you know, hitting trees, kicking trees. So they have a lot of those external training as well. Conditioning, basically. So, oh yeah, yes, conditioning. So so Zhang Rongshi's uh series that you have Wu and you have Shu. So Wu, according to him, is the accumulation of training, the conditioning, all of that, mm-hmm. and then Shu is the form and the and the, and the technique that it holds stuff that you you use as techniques okay well that's interesting i think that's a very well-rounded and practical uh approach to to a a system and to martial arts so like i said who cares if it's not uh, authentic the 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 stuff was put together by himself or whatever it's a well thought out system and that's what always struck Mm, me about it so so how long did you do that for uh uh I did that from about ninety four to about uh, two thousand four, I think. So it's about ten years. Yeah, yeah. And that was what your your dad was also teaching mostly, correct? Uh, initially, yes. And la- later on, he sort of um, didn't because uh, Shaobei is kind of hard. Mm. So, so students can a lot. A lot of them can't can't endure the 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 training. Right. So what did he switch to, or what was he teaching afterwards? Uh, after he was doing some contemporary stuff for mm-hmm. people who wanted to do performance, and some Tongbei to others, and was some Baji. Uh huh. Like a like a bit a bit of lot of stuff. Yeah, I actually remember but those that. Those are kind of easier. Actually, now that you mentioned that, I do remember at the at the school at my my school Guoding. Um, there were guys that yes. were doing baji. There were guys that were doing some other stuff too. So I do remember. Yes, but ba- baji, you know, again, it's not, not to take anything away from the start, it is easier for beginners because mm. the movement is is simpler, right? And you have like very defined stance and very defined move. Right. Shabe, you're constantly leaping around and kicking and punching at the at the same time. Right. Right. So it, it just it just requires a more more more. You no know, more stubbornness, stretching, balance, stamina. Right, it's it's, it's just not very great for for newcomers, especially uh, South Africans who you know they tend to have less supple legs. Yeah, totally. And Shabe, so you need those. you need that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you need to kick a lot. So for them, it's it's not really fun yeah. for a lot of them. But you know, for Baji, you have like your horse down and just punch most of the time, or or low kicks. It's easier for them to. To to do. Grasp and therefore to get interest and they stay for longer right right it was um i don't know if you've seen that uh that old like 1970s 1980s documentary that was made in china called Zhonghua Wushu. Uh, this is kung fu i think mm-hmm. it was called in english if i remember they actually had Bei in it i must actually find it i have the dvd somewhere um i should re- let's see i i have seen that that full footage of the, um, I, I think the one you said was, was not the original title of the footage, because uh, Grandmaster Zhang Rongshi, he was, they, they filmed him and they called it 
武林园丁 ，that was like the, the original documentary about him and, and Shao Bei. Okay.、But、I think later on, other documentary just just took that footage and, and also including other the documentary. Right. Yeah. Right. I think the original one is called 武林园园丁 Okay. Okay. Yeah. Where they were like in like a you know. Like like a, like a soil ground wood kind of place, right? That's all it. All dressing white with like shabai, right? On the shirt, and they were doing stuff. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And they were one after the other doing some drills. Yeah,、uh, with kicking combinations、yes. yeah. and some things. I do. Yeah, I think it's the same footage. Uh, yes. It's the same footage. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Um, so what made you move on from that, and what did you move on to? All right. So so twenty o three. When when I finished matric, right, finished high school,、mm. uh, I decided I'm gonna like you know take a year off and go back to Beijing to further my training. Right. Yeah, and so I was I went back and I first started with my father's uh Shaobei brother because、mm. I don't know anyone in Beijing at the time.、I、haven't been back for like you know for like nine years. Okay. So I started with with my my father's Shaobei brother in. The Temple of Heaven. Okay, so I was、yeah. doing Shaobei, and then, and then, yes, and and later on, you know, he took me to Jinzhou, right, the the origin place of Shaobei, and learn from his master, who was a、uh, grandmaster, Li Fengjiu. Okay. Uh, so so that's where I furthered my study in Shaobei. But when I came back to Beijing after a, a period of stay there, I was training in the Temple of Heaven. I heard someone was, you know, because like in Beijing, right? When you train at the place, there's a bunch of people they're talking all, all the time.、Mm. So I heard someone was saying that at the east gate of of Tiantan Temple of Heaven, there's like a a Yichuan guy, was really really good. Right. And that kind of got me curious. So 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 one day that guy who told me about it、uh, took me to to, to visit him.、Mm. And. He was kind of young. He was, he was like thirty at the time. You know, not not like the kind of master that I had in mind.、Mm-hmm. He wasn't old or gray. So I asked him. I said, you know, I've read books about Yichuan and Wang Xiangzhai, and it sounds almost like fairy tales. What, what he does,、uh, of course. Later, on, I realized a lot of the 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 texts about him were very exaggerated. Yeah. But I mean, but at the time, I asked him. I said, you know, I mean, how do you make someone like fly back and fall fall flat? Yeah. And 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 then he showed me he did like a a Yichuan hu hu pu. Yeah, tiger pounce. And I really like, yes, and I really just flew back, fall flat on the, on the Tiantan's you know soil floor, and my arm was all scraped, bleeding <laughs> and stuff. So he was like, oh, come here, let me、yeah. show you. <laughs> Nice. Yes. Yeah. He didn't explain to me what to expect. He just said,、uh, you know, stand there, and I stood there. He went pa, and I like flew flat on, on my back. Right. And I got and I got up, and I was still a bit shocked because I didn't expect that to happen.、Mm. And then he said, "Come here." He didn't even give me a break. He said, "Come here," and then he placed his fist on my left shoulder,、mm. about my left chest and shoulder area. Yeah. And he did like like each and punch. Yeah. And. And I heard this massive noise in my ear, and I couldn't breathe, and I was completely in shock for a few minutes. <laughs> and he didn't use any windup. He after... actually had his fist on you. No,、right? no, he didn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. He placed his fist on my chest. He said, "I'm gonna just tap you here." Yeah. But at the time, I thought he punched me really, really hard. Right. Um, it's only 
it's only like a month later where I saw him do it on somebody else. As you know, from a third person view, it was just a tap. It wasn't like a, a huge punch. Mm. Uh, anyway, so after that experience, I, I went home and I thought about it. And then the next day, I went to him and I said, you know, I want to learn Yichuan. Right. Because, um, you know, as good as Shaobei was for me, I, I do realize that it lacks the ability to severely hurt someone in mm. a in a single hit. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't have to... I mean, maybe if you do Iron Hand, it, it makes it better. Yeah. But for me at the time, it just doesn't feel like it had the same type of destructive power as this Yichuan Mama Master. Right. And after that one tap to my chest, you know, I was like in shock. My head was dazing. I was hearing noises in my ears. You know, <laughs> if you wanted to, to hurt me further, um, I'm completely defenseless. Right. You know, it's not like a tactical advantage where you have a, a superior technique and, and you, you get advantage. It's literally one hit and then... It's over. And that 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 said, uh, yeah, I couldn't fight fight back. Right. So that's also when I start to believe in this whole thing about internal style. Before that, because you see the external style people, even like uh, Shop, mm. they kind of look down on, on internal. You know, a lot like among their own people, they used to say, you know, when you meet like internal guys like Taiji and stuff, you just punch and kick them at the same time, and they don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's the kind of mindset I, I was taught. But they're not wrong. Of, Look, I, I, no? I, hate, I hate to say this. They're not wrong. And, and this is why I don't like the categorization of internal and external, because it's been misunderstood. Like, when we say internal, people are like, okay, Taiji, Xingyi, Bagua, internal. And they are superior. No, mm. I, it's, it's firstly high level and low level. And what you saw yes. in, in Yi Quan and Xingyi Quan is a focus on making a highly refined motion, like body mechanics, structure, alignment, using your weight. They focus on that. So the problem today yes. is that a lot of people that do Tai Chi are not doing it to develop this high... I hate to say this, but it's unfortunately the truth. Most people are doing Tai Chi as a hobby. They're doing Tai Chi as a, in a very lay way. And, and, and they then they're because of the classification of it being internal when a guy that's supposedly doing a non-internal style meets him he's expecting him to be a really good fighter but most of the time they're not you know they, they're not focused on that yes, so yes i'm sure if yes. you did Bei now knowing what you know and, I, and i'm jumping ahead knowing what you know now through your training of yi chuan and other styles that are considered internal you could probably make Bei better uh, this is just in terms of body mm -hmm. mechanics. Okay, it's limited in its techniques, uh, but yeah, but but yeah, you, you get yes, what I'm like saying. In the in the, in the striking power, yes, yes, and also uh, before I went to the Yichuan Master, I also spent some time with uh, Xu Shixi. He's a is a Chen style and Yin style Bagua ma ma Master, also in in Tian 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 Temple of Heaven. Okay, I actually went to see him last month. Did you see the video I made? No, I didn't see that video. I'll wait, wait, maybe I did. I'll send right. it to you. I'll I send it to you. I just, I just All actually right. released it like a, maybe two, three weeks ago. Actually, it's um, because there's a guy from America, from New York that I know here, and he was on the podcast too. And he, oh, I see. He came to China to train with Shu, and he's been training with Shu for I see months and months. Well, sorry, not months and months, years and years and years here. And uh, so I decided to go film. I'll, I'll send you the link. But anyway, carry on about Shu Shu Shi. All right. 
Yeah, so I trained with him for about three months, and I wasn't convinced about internal at the time. Right. So, so before I, I met my Yichuan master, I did kind of, you know, try out other internal style like like right, Chinese style right. Tai Chi. I only did Chinese style with him. I, I didn't do ba ba gua. Okay. I think his and ba is his strongest. I think it's his is stronger than his his Chen Tai Chi. I think he he yeah, did it, much more ba yeah, than it, Tai Chi. So it could be, but when I went there in uh. Oh, 2003 majority of his students were doing tai chi well you know that's so, that's because yeah. tai chi was just so famous yeah. so you know what people are like so yes and i, I don't even know he hit the bagua until you know like a month later i saw there was like one guy circling the tree mm. but yeah so i wasn't convinced when i was training with him i also uh, met a friend who did song style xing yi okay uh, he he's a student, he's a disciple of Zhang Zhengqi. Okay, who became the president of the Xingyi Association in more recent years. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. So so I I met him through some online forum, mm. and we also we we met we met up in real life and you know and did some friendly exchange. Okay, and he did hit really hard. Right, but he was quite big. He was like, he was like ninety kilo. He was like a big, slightly chubby. Guy. Okay, that so helps. He was moving really slow. He was moving really slow. So, so although he hit really hard, and I can't really take it, but I, I was always able to to evade it and, and move around. Right. So, so at that time, my my limited, you know, impression was that okay, internal start hit really hard, but it's it's really slow. Mm. So I can just move around, use my speed, and and win. Right. And this, yeah. So this was proven untrue when I met the the, the Yichuan master. He's fast because he didn't have he didn't have a wind up to his strike, right? Yeah. That that's a Xingyi friend of mine. He has a, a wind up, so I can see it before he hit, and therefore I can move out of the way. Mm. But but my Yichuan master, he you know he literally plays the hand right in front, and he walks forward, and and, and whatever I throw at him, he will just like you know try to de- 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 deflect with his arm, and the moment he touches me, the hit comes through. Right. So what, there was no way to read what he was going to do and to move out of the way. But he didn't actually do anything until he, he really touches me. Yeah, I mean, that's basically a description of Yichuan, what you've just said right there. When they're not in contact with yes. anyone, you don't actually know what's going on. The second they make contact with you, there's some sort of a, a serious amount of force uh, coming through. So, yeah, that, that's... Uh, yeah, so, so he, he, he either pull me and I'll like look back completely for He will spin me, I'll go around... You just break my structure and then hit me. Yeah. And there was like nothing I can do at the time about what he does. So, so that's when I was finally convinced that, okay, internal styles does have something special that external styles don't have. Right. Right. So then you started training with him. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So I spent the rest of my trip there, majority training with him. Okay. Like at some point, I also went and, and tried out uh, Tai Chi Plum Flower Mantis. Oh, I do remember you did that. Yeah, I do remember. Yes, was uh from uh was uh what's the uh, his name is uh Ma Weiling Lao Shi. Okay. And he's a he's a disciple of Ma Ma Hanqing. So they're like the, the Ma family mentors in, in Beijing. Right. Yes, and I and I went there because I heard the story about Yao Zhongxun being hit on the jaw by a mantis master, Shan yeah, uh, Xiangling. Right. Yeah, so, so so I heard that, I was like, you know, how does a mantis guy beat a Yichuan master? Mm. 
So that's when I, I went to learn. It's only years later that I actually heard the truth. It was more of a sucker punch than an actual challenge. <laughs> Which is more common than not than people actually realize, especially in the history. Yes, I mean... Yes, I mean, I don't know for sure if it was a sucker punch. Because, I mean, it happened, you know, like in the 40s or 50s, I think. Yeah. But but this was told me by, by someone from the Shanxiangling lineage of mantis. Mm. Okay, interesting. So, so, I thought, so I thought maybe it's more trustworthy if their own people say that it was more like a sucker punch. <laughs> okay. So I think, yeah, so I think he, the way he told me was at the time, Yao Zhongxun was humiliating... Um, what was that Taiji Master's name? Yang Yuting. Right. Yang Yuting is like a nice guy. Yeah. You know, he doesn't like trouble. And they all, they all taught in the same park. So Yao Dongxing was kind of, maybe not humiliating, but he was like kind of, you know, looking down on him. Yeah. And, and Shan Xiangling, being a, being a friend of uh, Yang Yuting, he just came out from the side and, and, and you know, and threw a punch. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Yeah. I remember my teacher, like, and this is what a lot of people don't know, and I've, I've, I've mentioned this before, that a guy came, same kind of thing, one day I was training with my, my, my teacher, a guy came and uh, he was watching, and then he spoke to my teacher, he said, oh, you're a student, he trains well, uh, uh, can, I, can I test him? And uh, my teacher said, yes, yeah, sure, go ahead. And uh, the guy said to me, oh, let's let's do a little bit of uh, I don't remember what he fucking wanted to do. It was it wasn't like, let's fight, but it was let's fight. You know, I didn't understand that <laughs> then. And uh, so basically yeah. I was being very polite. Right. I was being really polite and I was just defending. Mm. He didn't get through, but I didn't hit him. I didn't I didn't go out of my way to hit him. I just defended myself and that I stopped whatever he was doing. And then after a few minutes, he was mm-hmm. like, oh, and he left. Like, oh, not bad, not bad. And he left. He left in a hurry, too. I don't know why. And then I was eating lunch with my teacher afterwards. And my teacher was really quiet afterwards, but like really quiet. And mm-hmm. halfway through lunch, he just looked at me and he said, what do you think I want you to do when people challenge you? And I was like thinking of the most, <laughs> like the most, uh, you know, the, the right thing to say. I just said to him, oh, yeah, you want me to like be respectful and don't go out of my way to hurt somebody. <laughs> He's like, no, I don't. I want you to smash him. I'll, I'll scold you in front of him. I'll scold you in front of him. But in my heart, I'll be happy. And then he explained to me, he said, over here, that's how things are. You don't understand because yes. they will go and make another story about anything that happens. Like like the like the sucker punch. Yes. They will go invent it. I beat the guy. Meanwhile, it was a sucker punch and or it was a draw or he came like the guy who came to me and he's going to go around telling people, ah, Digo Young student. Yeah, he didn't do anything to me. You know, ah, no, no. But you see how they yeah. changed. So, so he said the only way to avoid that is to make it so overtly clear that the guy was that has lost that he cannot make such a story so yeah just just coming off that that story so yeah yeah look i mean contrary to the popular western belief right um, you know the chinese martial world is not like the the kung fu movies yeah it's it's, it's all about you know zen like mentality and and all the hippie stuff right yeah totally. yeah the you know the the martial yeah the chinese martial Efficacy is actually quite different to 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 common Western stereotypes, the stereotypical idea. Mm. Yeah. Like my 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 current master, uh, my Wu Tongbei master, you know, he even told me like, you know, if somebody invites you to help him do a demonstration of an application, you you will have to refuse. Yeah. 
because there's a chance that he's gonna use that as a chance to to suck up Hanji. Right, right. Or to humiliate you. So you yeah. know, so yeah. So so you know, so for him, you don't even raise your hand to someone that you don't know of as a friend. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, that's good. You know, like, like, yeah, you tell you tell you know either we we have a spa or you know you you know or we don't touch where we don't touch touch hands. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, after my teacher told me that it happened a couple of times after, and I just I just did exactly what he said. And yeah, that that went a lot better. So yeah. Anyway, that's how it is here. But okay, so you started training. Yes, Who yes, yes. your your Yichuan teacher? What was his name? Uh, Li Quanshan. And who was his teacher? I mean, what's his line of Yichuan? Uh, oh, he he was like the godson of uh, Yao Chongrong. Okay, all right. Are you still in contact with him? Uh, no. Uh, basically, I trained with him for like six months i think mm. like every day and then he and it was it was chinese new year's and after that you know during chinese new year he told me he's going to to hangzhou mm. to, to 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 check it out and afterward he just never came back oh he moved to hangzhou yes yeah he's still in hangzhou i mean i i know of people who knows him but we haven't been in direct contact okay. uh, since, since back then but you, you usually back then you yeah. know because yeah, go ahead. Yeah, because the phone number changed, and then there was no WeChat back then, so right. there was no way to 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 get in contact. Right, right. And now it's kind of weird because it's been like, like over fifteen years or something. Yeah, it's been like seventeen years. So yeah. Yeah, so, so kind of weird, but I, I do know that he's still teaching in Hangzhou. And you carried on practicing after your trip to Beijing. You carried on practicing Yichuan on your own. Uh, yes, I practiced. Yeah, I carried on practicing that for a couple of years. Okay, so that was your main focus after that, huh? Uh, yes, because he was the you know the most convincing master to 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 to, to you know to beat me helplessly. So, what was your daily training like? I mean, in terms of uh, what what did you cover? What did you work on? How did you work on it? Uh, so basically, yeah. uh, so basically, it's two hours of stance training. Yeah. So initially, I did a Hun Yuan Zhuang, which is the one where your legs are are parallel, yeah, and you hold hold out your, your arms. Yeah, the basic, uh, the most common, the most common standing exercise, uh, primordial uh, posture or primordial yes. post standing. Yeah. Yes, and then after three months, he told me to move to Ji 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 Zhuang, which is the, the the combat stance. Right. We have the one foot in front, one foot at the back. Yeah. And your you know your front hand is slightly higher, the back hand is slightly lower. Right. So then I I do that each side for one hour before just two hours on on, on the whole stance. Right. What? And then after that, you know, yeah. What did you feel from doing? That long term, for a long term, what did you feel developing just from that uh, post standing? I remember initially, which is a lot of pain. <laughs> like, yeah, you know. that's how it usually <laughs> is. Yeah, I, I struggled to keep my arm up for, for 40 minutes. Right. But after a while, you know, it, you kind of, I don't know if you're getting numb or getting used to it, but it, it goes away. Mm. And then, you know, then you have like the older, what they call the, the 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 Indian training, right? The visualization, right, of the body, like the elbow pulling apart, the 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 
the back and the hand pushing against each other, hugging a tree, yeah, like putting open all of that stuff. Intent training, um, so yeah, different intents. Yeah, intent for training. Yeah. And then after that, then I would do shi shi li, right? The testing of force. Power testing, yeah. Force. And he, yeah, and he would tell me that those two going hand in hand. So basically, stunts training, you kind of build the foundation, mm -hmm. but you have to to move to to know what is missing. Right. Like you know, like when you stop moving, you you realize which part of the body is not synchronized, not in unity, mm. and then you you fix that by going back to stunts to 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 you know to put more attention to that part, yeah. and then you go back to testing and see if your body is unified. Right. And then later on, he told me how, how to punch. So I just do like a thousand punches a, a day. Mm -hmm. You know, each, each is quite simple. Right? There's only like three main punch, the straight punch, the uppercut, and the and the downwards punch. Right. Yeah, so the tra and then they also eventually did like a more taboo, it's like one of the, the each uh, friction, friction, yeah, friction stepping. step. Yeah, friction step. Yeah, friction step, yeah. Yeah, and then we did push hand. All right, but did you have somebody to do push hands um, with when you went back home? Well, I I tried to teach some of my father's students, hmm. and but it wasn't it wasn't really the same. Yeah, of course. Uh, compared to us training with him. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, when I'm training with him, I don't know. It's not really training. I just get pushed around. <laughs> you were his uh his punching bag kind of testing, uh you know experimenting. Uh, Yes. Partner. Yeah. 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 Okay. I get yeah. It. So I mean, we we also the sparring with him, which again is not really a, a learning curve. You know, he would just put on gloves and and and, and punch me. <laughs> Poor you. <laughs> but I, I think that's how I think that's how he learned it. Though I think that's like the the Asian way of learning. It. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, it. I'm sure it. I'm sure it was a lot harder than most people do it today, and it was like that. So. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, they don't really care about learning curve. You know, it's like he doesn't slowly tell you, okay, doing this wrong, doing that right. It just like put on gloves and, and they start punching me. Yeah. Did he have any other students training at the same time as you? No, I was only, well, he had a friend, student, sort of, who, tra who comes every now and then, but I was only paying students. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think that's why he moved to Hangzhou because he couldn't really make a good living in Beijing. Well, there's too much Yitran here. I mean, this is the home of Yitran. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so it's yes. hard. And, and, and although they, they, they say he was like the best out of his generation, but the older generation are still all around. Exactly. And they're still around. Yeah. They're still around now. Yeah, they're still around, yes. So. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I, don't, I, I think I told you the last time we saw each other that my, my Shiya, my teacher's teacher, and Yao Zhongshun were actually very, very close. They were basically blood yes. blood brothers. Yes, yeah. And that's why that's why my, my Shiye had problems during the Cultural Revolution was because of his uh, you know, relationship with Yao Zhongshun, who a lot of people don't uh, really know yeah. had problems too, you know. So Yeah. Yes, yeah. I think he was actually incarcerated. Yeah, he was. Long. Two years or something. I yeah. like, I don't remember exactly. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was. So, anyway, and and what made you move on from that? And what did you move on to from that? Okay, so, so I was training, 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 and eventually I kind of hit a bottleneck. Hmm. 
and um, and you know, and without a teacher, you kind of can't break through. Right. I mean, you know, I think nowadays, thanks to 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 manga and anime, you know, a lot of kids think you can you know be a be a be a self-made mall master. You just kind of train in the mountains. Yeah, you got to go to the mountains. Go, go to the good. mountains and sit in a waterfall, and 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 then you'll get there. Yes, but. Yeah, but the truth is, uh, if you don't have a qualified teacher to guide you, if you get stuck, you 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 get stuck forever, mm. most of the time. Right. Yeah, that's true. And also, I didn't really like the the Eastern crowd per, per se. I mean, I'm not saying they are bad people, but I just didn't really like the vibe in in the Eastern community. What did you feel? They were very suckish. At least you know when I did Yichuan, they were very suckish. <laughs> you know, like they don't. It's like you know, in summer they walk around without shirts and and you know and stand like they thugs. Do you know the other? You obviously know and the other know, name for Yichuan in Beijing, right? Yes, yes, yes. And I mean, yes. And that's that's the thing. They actually do look the part. <laughs> and when you and I mean, and I, I've, I've I've you know spot and exchange hand with a couple Yichuan people. Mm. And this and it's impossible to have a friendly exchange. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. It always gets it's like, very you heated. Can, you can say yeah, you, you yeah, you can say all the friendly stuff you want, but the moment it starts, you know, they they set on hurting you. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So so although so although I I highly respect their skill, I think they're one of the 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 better, you know, martial art groups in Beijing. Yeah. But I I just don't really like hanging out with them. Yeah, I understand. I mean, I went to a couple of Yichuan gatherings because they'd call my teacher because of his relationship with Yao Zhongshun and he still had a relationship with uh, the mm-hmm. Yao brothers. And uh, every yeah. every time, every time, it doesn't matter which event it was, somebody was going to have an argument with somebody at the... We could be having a... <laughs> it could be Wang Shangjai's birthday like anniversary and at lunch afterwards, somebody is yeah. going to start screaming at somebody every time. So I, I mentioned earlier the other name for Yichuan. In Beijing, Yichuan was also called Liu Mangchuan. And Liu Mang is basically yes. a thug or a hoodlum. So, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. that, that kind of what you said about the, the, the vibe. It's, it is like that. And I, I went three times to these Yichuan gatherings and with my teacher. And we didn't. Um, I said to him the next time, I'm like, I don't really want to go. You know, so <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yes, yeah. So, so when people ask me, like, you know, what's like, you know, one of the the, the styles in Beijing that are really good at fighting, I'll say each one. But you know, mm-hmm. I'll tell them that they're not pleasant people. I mean, there are nice people there too, but you know, the general atmosphere is not that nice. Totally, totally. So, uh, at least not for, for for me. You know, I mean, for someone else, they might really like the vibe, but not for me. Well, it was always funny when the, when they'd see me there, a lot of the Yichuan people, and uh, they'd find out, oh, he's a Xingyi guy, you know, and then they'd, they'd I could see <laughs> the way they're looking at me and what they're thinking. But, you know, because I'm not a small guy, so, you know, they generally didn't ever go any further than that. But I could see what they were thinking and what they were feeling. But anyway, yeah, that's just how it is. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it was 2014 when I went back to, to Beijing, a friend introduced me to meet with another Yichuan master mm. who isn't actually very, he was actually quite young. He was maybe like five or six years older than me. Right. So that friend of mine, which is which is a, a female, a, a female lawyer, 
he and him they kind of are friends, right? Mm. So, so, so he will call her like like sis, sister, right? So they seem to be pretty close, and then she, and I, we we are friends since like 2003, All you know, right. long time friend. So so she used to call me little brother. Okay. Okay. So she took me there to meet with him. We ate lunch together, went to his apartment, and then you know I was like I want to you know experience your your ability. Right. And I thought you know after all of that it must be friendly, right? Right. Especially he is a master. And then yeah, you know, ten seconds into the the, the spa, he hit me in the rib, which let left me in pain for a month. And he probably fractured a rib. Yeah. Um. No, I went to check. Like there was not. Uh, well, the doctor couldn't see anything, but it was just really painful for a month. Right. Yeah, it's excessive. So that's the kind of thing. Yeah, yeah that's the kind of thing you, you have to accept when you deal with each and people. They they don't hold hold back. Which I can understand. Mm. You know, normally you don't want to hold back because you don't want to lose, lose face and disgrace your master. But the thing is, you know, I was introduced by my close friend who is his sort of close friend. Yeah. But even that doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah, that's strange. Yeah, you'd think you'd think it would make a difference. But yeah, that's just how they are. Yeah. So that time I I thought it, it's different. You know, before a while I don't want to like just exchange with each and people without a cause. But that time I was still going to be different because of the relationship. But you know that didn't matter either. Right. Anyway, so so when I hit like a, bo- a bottleneck, um, I didn't really want to go back to the the Yichuan crowd. No, no, not saying they're not good, but I just didn't want to be in a certain that type of vibe. Right. And at the time I was also um doing college in South Africa, so I couldn't go back to China imme- immediately. So I tried some other stuff like. And things, but it didn't really work to my desire. Iron palm training. So, what? Yeah, iron palm training. What yeah. were you doing it exactly? Really, it didn't. I was following the Shaobei method, where you have like the the, the, the the iron filings stuff in a bag, and then you you hit it with five different ways, mm-hmm. and then you you cook your hand in medicine. Right. I was shipping, you know, Chinese herbal medicine from China, cooked it myself and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know the thing is, it didn't have the effect that it says in in the manuscript. What did it tell I you mean, the effect would so be? Young. What What did you think the effect would be? Look, in the manuscript, it says that you can slap somebody's arm and, and fracture their bones. <laughs> no, I think the key point is that you don't fracture your own bones. That's that's the key point. Yeah. So added. Yeah. So, so you know, later I want to you know understand a bit more on physics and stuff. I mean, I did physics in school, but I wasn't really interested in it but later when i start examining things then you know that if you fight somebody's bones while he's punching you it's luck yeah you you can't like because the arm is not it's not it's not stationed on another object it's, it's you know it's not the same as you slapping a brick right on the on the floor right especially when these people now now that they do it with a brick uh you know Elevator, you know, on the side, which is actually the easy way. The leverage that breaks it break more more than the you know the power itself. Right. Anyway, so so I was kind of disappointed that I didn't have the same effect as it says in the script. Mm. And also, when I first stopped to realize that you can't trust everything the the scripture said. Right. A, a lot of it is over over exaggerated. You became a kung fu atheist. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. So so, yes. So 2008, um, I basically then went back to China again. 
to be- Beijing, mm. and I wanted to look for a really high level internal m- m- master so that I can like you know get over my bottleneck internal style. Because you know what, the PhD Zhang and Hong are basically going back to external. You know, I was kind of putting my my Yichun internal stuff on hold and trying the external side of things again. Right. But 2008, I decided to go back to internal. So I went back to Beijing and I started looking around and asking around, you know, who's like a high level. Mm. So eventually I first came across a very old Bagua master, Tian uh, Fang. Okay. Who, who passed away now. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, I, I, yes, I visited him when he was like 97. So he was really old. And I had to like, you know, go, go through a friend of mine who happened to know someone in the Bagua Association to introduce and and then take take us. It was quite a mission. Do you know what kind of Bagua he did? Uh, I think it's Cheng style. Yeah, I think it's it um. Yeah, I think it's Cheng style because it was kind of difficult to talk to him at the time already. He had like hearing proper problem. Yeah, yeah. We had we had to like shout like three times for him to 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 understand what we're saying. Mm. And he, you know, and among the things that he showed me, there was one thing where he was sitting on the on, on his armchair, and he asked me to 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 pull him out. And he was really skinny, you know, he was like 97. Uh, one of his eyes were were blind. So I was like, okay, this guy's really old. So I tried with like you know, light force, and he didn't move. And I was like, okay. So I started pulling him with as much force as I have, and he still didn't move. <laughs> and he was sitting on a chair. So so that's when I realized, you know, maybe there's something um more that I don't understand. Yeah. Like some you know, like a completely different layer of, of understanding. Yeah. Are you sure it but wasn't it wasn't that they, they tied him to the chair because he kept on falling out and he just didn't <laughs> tell you that? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, ninety seven, that's something yeah, they but, do. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so so I wanted to learn from him, mm. but he was like, um, you know, he, uh, well, he, his caretaker said, no, he's too old. Yeah, I can imagine at that age, it's probably not good for him to even start trying to teach somebody. Uh, yeah, and, and, and later I realized, you know, um, he doesn't really have a, a teaching method. Mm. Basically, the way he expanded to me at the time uh, is that uh, he was doing the 64 hand when he was younger. Mm. Around 60, he thought that 64 hands too much. He did like the, the, the eight hands. Okay. And then after a while, he saw this, the, the eight hands too much. He did the three hand. And eventually, when he was like 80 or something, he just did circle walking. He, he said everything else is useless. Every, circle walking is all, all, all that's important. Right. And according to him, that's, where, that's how he got the understanding he, he has then when I met him. But you know what's interesting about this re- reducing which is natural actually reducing from more to less from complicated to simple is at the point that they realize that all of that other stuff is not necessary. They wouldn't understand that without going through all of that stuff through the process. It's, it's very hard if you just tell somebody everything else and he's never done anything. Everything else is useless. Just walk the normal circle. They'll probably never get anywhere. So they have to come to enlightenment themselves. Uh, yes. You know? Yeah. Yes, and also because he can't explain how he got to where he is. 
Exactly. I, I you know, you know, you know it, it just happened to him. Yeah, for me, that's one of the things I think that Wang Shangjai actually realized. But why it's so hard for people to get to that realization in Yichuan is because, yes. you know, Xing Yi, he went through Xing Yichuan and then he got to the realization yes. that he did. And a lot of people are trying to just pick up from there without having a background in anything. So look, I mean, I know from my own personal training, my, the system my teacher taught me is big. There's a lot of content. But as time has gone mm. down, there's only a few key points that are, that are really relevant to me. But I have to have gone through all of that uh, to get to this point, you know. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's, I think, you know, that's quite, quite, I mean, what the old man was saying is right. But you got to go through that, unfortunately. Yeah, but... Yes, but I don't think anyone can go through his later understanding and, and get to where he, he, he was at. Right. You got to go through everything from the beginning and you still might not get there. If you, at the time, I didn't know, but later on, I saw a footage of him in his earlier days teaching his students. Right. And he literally just tells them to walk in a circle, don't think about anything, don't worry about anything, you just walk. Okay. Yeah, so, so I don't think a lot of people, I don't think majority of people that trans under him is going to ever get anywhere like that. Well, you know that saying um, about uh, from ye to no ye, ye da wu ye, right? Uh, from movement uh -huh. to no movement, from intention to no intention. And and then you look at these styles yes. that like Yi Chen that will say no intention is real intention, you know? No movement is real movement. Uh, yes. So it's, you got to go yes. through it. You can't just say, okay, just don't worry about yes. any. In fact, you don't even need to train. Just sit there. It's all done. It's not going to happen. You know, it's like. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so in retrospect, I was glad I didn't try under him. Not that he's not good, but uh, yeah, I don't think it really works like that. Yeah. 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 So after that, I started looking around and trying to find something else. I was looking into like, you know, Zhu Chunxuan from the Wang, Wang Lineage Tai Tai Chi. Okay. But, uh, but I couldn't find anyone to in introduce because, you know, they, they're pretty big on, on the introduction thing. You can't just walk up to, to them and, and, and demand to, you know. Learn. To, to learn or to experience what they do. Yeah. They, they're kind of, um, yeah, they're not very so, so sociable like that. So eventually I went online, uh, back then there was a, a wushuweb.com, one of the, uh, was quite big Chinese martial forum at the time. I think it's closed down now. Chinese language, so, right? So I made a post, uh, yeah, Chinese language, yeah. Mm. So I made a post saying, you know, if I'm in Beijing, I don't do Tai Chi, mm. who should I go to? Right. And there was a bunch of, you know, very stupid comments, uh, you know, as, as you always find on the internet, like people saying, you know, oh, the, 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 the Taoist priests are the best, you know, go to Wudang Mountain. Oh, and, Jesus. And all of that stuff. Yeah, but eventually someone privately messaged me and say that, you know, he would go to, if he was in Beijing, he would go to Purple Bamboo Park and find either Da Zhang or Xiao Xiao Zhang. Zizhu Yuan, right? The Purple Bamboo Park. Zizhu Yuan, yeah. That's where my, my training park, started yeah. too. My teacher was teaching there. Yeah, it's a great park. Yes, I think I've actually walked past your teacher before. Okay. 
Well, we he stopped Before teaching there I, after I, I, some time, and we because it it was just more convenient to train at his home. But uh, he used to be there yeah, for many so years. I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I walked past them, but I yeah, but 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 that's before I knew he was your your teacher, right? Because because I was going there for three months in twenty uh two thousand eight. Okay, yeah. And I uh, and I I get off the go go to station, so I walk all the way to Zhibuya. From National Library. And I remember seeing Xingyi people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I remember seeing Xingyi people in the parking lot of a restaurant. I think. That's it. That's where we used to train. Uh, we used to train yeah. in the park before, but then there's too many people in the park. So we next to the park, there was a restaurant. And uh, in the parking lot, we'd be there before the restaurant opened and they never had a problem. And then the restaurant got yeah. demolished yeah, too. Yeah, the yeah. restaurant's gone too. Yes. So then we just yeah, like, so right, yeah. just go to his home. It's easiest. So, yeah. So yeah, you went to Purple Bamboo. Yeah, so basically, yeah. Yeah, so I went to Purple Bamboo Park, and um, so I went to like eight o'clock in, in the morning, and uh, specifically go to a place called Bai Yixuan. It's like a pavilion, yeah, kind yeah. of place. And there was like a lot of people there, like doing all kind of stuff, playing cards, yeah, uh, drinking tea, doing all kind of weird stuff. Was it summer? So I so I still understand that. Yes, it was. Uh, it was. Yes, it was in August. Yeah. Uh, June. Uh, July to to, to, to August. You know, yes, it was summer autumn. I love those parks in summer. It's just so full of life. It's really. Uh, I hate the weather in Beijing though. In summer, it's so hot. You get used to it. You no. You never. No, that's a lie. You never get used to it. But you learn not to <laughs> let it bug you. You know. You learn not to let it uh, bug yeah. you. Yeah. You're gonna sweat. You're gonna be totally wet all the time. You're going to feel terrible. Yes, it's really annoying. Yeah, so you just yeah. don't give a shit anymore. Just don't pay attention to how you look because your shirt is going to be completely wet. And uh, that's that, really. <laughs> just accept it. Yeah. Yeah, you start sweating the moment you leave your, your, your apartment. Exactly. You know, the moment you leave your, your, your air con, it starts sweating. Right, exactly. Yeah, so I went to like 8 o'clock in the morning. And I looked at a lot of people. So I look around, look around, look around. And I saw this one person who looked like he's probably... You know, he has the, I don't know, the, the look of someone who is not a, a shallow person, shall I say. Right. You know, who has more, more, more to himself. I don't know how, how to expand it. Yeah, he's got, he's deep. So I walk up to him. Yeah, so I walk up to him and I say, you know, are you Da uh, Zhang or Xiao Xiao Zhang? Mm-hmm. And then he looked at me funny and he's like, uh, why would you want to know? So I told him the whole story of, you know, I'm coming from South Africa. I want to learn internal martial arts. And I went down to the forum and someone told me to come here to look for either one of the two. Mm. And then he's like, um, so he chatted with me briefly. And then he said, okay, you know what? Uh, come tomorrow and you can stand over there. And then, you know, we'll see if you can stand. Mm. So the so, so next morning I went there at eight o'clock again. And then, you know, he wasn't there. Oh. So I just like found a cor- so I just found a corner, and I, and I just stood there. And then, I think, around half past nine or ten o'clock, he came behind me and he said, "Um, yeah, you're doing the stunts wrong." <laughs> what were you doing? And then he what started, were you doing? When you draw? No, Wu Ji Zhuang. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he, so he told me like the basics on how to do it, the Tai Chi, what's it called, the uh, 10 principles, 十要. Yeah. 
So extend the tumor and he said, okay, you can, you can carry on uh, doing stunts. So only then I realized it was actually a test. Okay. Yeah, because uh, another person who came a few days later, you know, he stood for half an hour and he went to sit, sit down and then, and then my master ch ch chased him away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And he probably never understood why. So that's how I... I uh, yeah, mm. so so that's how I met my Taiji master, mm. 2008, and I uh, basically trained with him ever since, mm. up until now. What was the Taiji that he was teaching you? Okay, basically he would just say, you know, Taiji is type Taiji, right. but um, he doesn't like to, to, to put something before it. But obviously, you know, um, after knowing the history and everything, Basically, his master is uh, Shi Ming, right? Who basically learned from uh, Zhu Huayuan. Okay. So he, essentially, we are part of Wang Mai, right? The Wang Wang Yongquan Tai Tai Chi branch. Right. But because Shi Ming, my grandmaster, and Zhu Huayuan had had a fallout, so he was sort of expelled from the Wang lineage. Okay. So then he started his, his own thing, which he, he at the time called Ruyi Tai Taiji. Confucian Taiji. No, no, Ruyi. Ruyi oh. as in, um, uh, you know, to your will. Oh, right, okay. Right, right, right. Yeah, so he started doing that. But, at the, you know, but currently, I don't think anyone really used that name anymore. Mm. Because we just felt... I mean, not me, right? Uh, my master and also, you know, people of his generation just felt that uh, there was really no reason to create another style. Yeah, yeah, I would agree, though. So, so a lot of them now just refer to our lineage as uh, Wang Mai Shimen. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so we still part of the Wang lineage, but it's under Shimin's line system because right, you know, right. Right. Yeah, line because of the fallout, you know. I mean, okay. we can't really put, put ourselves back to one by, you know, when they don't want us. Exactly. But you also can't deny that the Taiji comes from there. Uh, yes, because majority of the stuff we do are pretty identical to what they do. Okay. Are there a lot of their practitioners? Yeah. If you... I mean, in Beijing? Um, There's quite a bit. I mean, I don't really socialize with them, so I don't know exactly how much. Mm. But uh, but there's 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 quite a few. Okay. In in the Pro Bamboo Park, there's about four other uh, teachers who are same generation as my master, and they each have a bunch of students. Okay. And they're all, always around that pavilion area, if I remember. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. uh, yes, because you know I think it's it's nostalgic. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So what is th yeah? So that's how I then went back to internal. And okay, and what what did you find there, and what drew you to it? I mean, coming from Yichuan, what were your experiences? Um, that you know, I was I used to do things two tens. Mm -hmm. That's like the biggest uh, revelation at the time. In 2010? It was uh, uh, 2008. Oh, okay. When I first started training. Yeah, because um, 
Obviously, I'm not saying all Yichuan guys are tense, but uh, the way I was taught at the time, because my teacher would like, you know, want to do push and stuff, he used all his structure. So I was always forced to 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 try to hold my ground with all my strength without collapsing because his structure and, would collapse you. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and as a result, I've always thought that you've got to be really tense. Right. And, you know, you keep a structure, but you're very tense about it. But, you know, that kind of makes you slower and harder to change when you are committed. Mm. So, yeah, so when I was doing Tai Chi, I started to be able to loosen up more, you know, to learn that you can actually hold structure without being tense. Okay. I mean, obviously, some muscles are always used. I mean, you know, unlike some people who claim that no muscle is used, there's some muscle used, Although, but you try to not... Yeah, otherwise you'd fall down onto the floor into to, a ball of nothingness. Uh, yes, 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 but, but, you know, you try to, to relax the muscle that you don't have to use. Right. And, and try to put the strain on, on, the, on the skeletal frame rather than purely on, on the tense muscles. Mm. Yeah, so, so that's probably one of the biggest revelations I, I got. And also, I was having struggle to to connect the lower body to the upper body mm-hmm. because it was it was one thing that um, my teacher didn't explain to me, and I'm not sure if, if uh, Yao Chenglong Lao should explain to to him. Oh. I mean, when when I when I see the Yao, Yao brothers doing their stuff, you can definitely see the upper body and lower body are, are connected. But like how you connect them, I don't think they actively teach it to to, to people. Oh, I see. Because in a, in a lot of the students, I, I see that part is missing. The upper and lower body are, are not connected. Like they move, they move in sync, right? Right. They, they are the move, the motion itself is in synchronization. But you know, but now I can see that there's like a break point by the way. So the structural integrity so is broken. So yeah, there's there's this is what people yes. don't understand about like a lot of people don't understand about Liu He. You're talking about two aspects. Uh, well, you know, one is timing and coordination connecting. So timing connected. Yes. And the other is structural connection. So, yeah, and some people have one or the other, but you need both, you know. So that's ideal. Yes, yes. And, and obviously, a lot, I don't know, even when I was training, you kind of fall under the illusion that uh, if you feel you, you, your legs are pushing, then it's connected. Mm. But, you know, that, that's not always true. Okay. So yeah, so that's also one of the, the that was actually one of the bottlenecks that, that I had when I was doing Yichang on my own. So right. through Tai Chi, I finally realized how how you have to position your waist so that the lower body and upper body could connect. Okay. Yeah, so there's a lot of details that uh, I didn't understand when I was doing Yichang. What was the training Either mostly like young, though with the Tai Chi? Was it... A lot of standing. Was it a lot of forms? What is a lot of? Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so contrary to popular Tai Chi, uh, my master doesn't teach form until way la- later. Basically, everyone who goes there, you, you do Wuji skans for at least three years. Okay, similar to the old way of and, of, of teaching, even Xing. Yes. And often for the first month, he doesn't even tell you much about the stance itself. You just stand there. Okay. So I think it's more of a, a, a taste of patience. He doesn't want to waste time on people who, who don't have the, the, the patience. Right. Because I think a lot of people, 
in the past, you know, he was, I think when he first started teaching, he was more eager and enthusiastic. Mm. But then after one or two years, people would leave. And then eventually he feels it's a waste of his time. Yeah, because it's, he's put all you that know, effort he, into them, right? Yes, and then the guy just leaves. So, so, so later on, he just like say, you know, stand there and he will like play very minimal for the first month. Mm. Like, you know, when I first there, every day I was sort of in a self-doubt, like, what am I doing? Oh, I see. Because you, I'm, I'm actually not sure what I'm doing. I was just standing there following his instruction, but, you know, the, the path is not clear. Right. Yes, but only when he sort of trusts me, then he started expanding more. Or maybe it, it required that month to do what, what, whatever needs to be done. I'm not sure. Mm. But only after that, he started telling me the, the details on how to position your hips, how to position your waist, how to deal with your spine, where your head need, need to be. Mm. And then later on, where you put your intention, what what kind of mindset. Okay. So I would say may, maybe only, and obviously I only stayed there for three months and I went back to South Africa and I go back there again. It, was on, it wasn't a constant, you know, yeah, years yeah, of, yeah. of studying. But you were training, so you were diligently like, training. I mean, I know you. So you were dil diligently training on your yes, own every day anyway. Yes. So. yes, but it's even more confusing when you're not there. Right, I know, I get it. Because you have questions and you can't easily answer, ask them and get answers. So, especially when you're uh, on yeah, your mainly own. Mainly because I don't really know, it's because mainly I don't really know what I'm training. Like what the stunt's supposed to, to do. I don't really understand at the time. It took me about three years before I finally understood um what we're actually trying to 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 do well maybe that's why he makes people stand for so long because it's self-discovery also so yeah uh yes yeah but i mean you know it's like a 50 50 either you discover it or you don't or you give up kind of thing yes or, or you give up yeah but maybe that's it maybe it's not so, like, I, you know i i'm yeah i'm really i'm I, I i love chinese martial arts i love martial arts i think I think everybody should have the opportunity to do martial arts. But the truth of it is the story that martial arts is for everyone and anyone can do martial arts is a lie. You know, not everyone yes, can. Yes, it is. Um, it's not easy well, and I not everyone is suitable to do yes, it. It's not easy. Yeah. So, well, I think it, it depends on what you want to do. If you just want to be a hobby and feel good about it, then everyone can do it. But if you want to be good at it, it's very hard. But I mean, let's be honest. I mean... Martial arts originated not for somebody to be a hobbyist to feel good about it. That's not yes. that's not what it was intended yes. for in yes. the beginning. So, you know, when I say people yes. do martial arts, I mean they do martial arts, you know. I can also, I don't know, yeah. uh, pretend to cook food without actually cooking food and say, but it makes <laughs> me feel good. But that's not what the pots and pans are for, you know. So I could sit there and play with an uh, empty pot yes. and pretend yes. to be cooking something. And maybe it gives me some emotional and mental uh, benefit and I have fun, but it's not cooking, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. Yes, 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 for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so so, so since 2008, I basically just, I, I stopped doing everything else that I used to do. Hmm. I mean, you know, I used to like know 10 mantis forms and stuff and I eventually just all kind of got to the back of my head. Right. I just did stance training which he starts every day for like it's two hour a session right and when i have time i do it twice so it's like four hours a, a day mm. and when i'm in beijing i do it for like three sessions so six hours a day i remember that to do that anyway i remember that i remember yeah. when i saw well look i mean i've been here but 
when you came here, I remember that was your schedule was pretty serious with that every day. And the one or two times I went yes. back to see my brother in South Africa and I saw you, you were still keeping it up. That was your schedule every day. So, yeah, I remember that. Uh, yes. So I pretty much stopped doing everything else and just did, did that for a couple of years. Mm. And until 2016, I was like, you know, I went back to Beijing again on my annual trip to train with my Tai Chi master. Mm. And one day we're also in the Bamboo Park, Purple Bamboo Park. One of my Tai Chi brothers told me that, hey, you know, one of his friends who owns a tea house in the Purple Bamboo Park, mm. she invited a, a Wudang master from the Wudang Mountain. And he was telling me, you want to go check it out? I said, yeah, sure. You know, let's go check it out. So it's so in the park, right? So we just walked five minutes and then we got to the tea house. Yeah. And then we, we sat, sat down because the owner and my tiny brother, they, they knew each other for a very long, long time. I think they, they even used to date at some point. Okay. But like, like history. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we sat down, we, we had tea and then that, that, that Wudang guy came out. You know, so it's kind of young. And then he also sat down with us and then because I'm not a very sociable person, so I just kept quiet. All right. And then he was chat she was chatting and then the the girl introduced her, you know, that that's like a, you know, they, they they both do Tai Chi and stuff like that. And then the Wudang guy was like asking, Oh, you guys do Tai Chi. So I was talking to my Tai Chi brother and saying like, um, what do you do? Mm. And my Tai Chi brother, he's like a mu he's like a musician. Okay. Also not a very it's not a very socially smart guy, I I would say. And he's he's kind of, you know, <laughs> Honestly, he just said, ah, oh, you know, we just stand there, you know, and do nothing for, for a few hours. Right. And then the Wudang guy, I think he got the wrong idea. So he started saying, you know, oh, so you guys don't do this and this and that. You know, in Wudang, we have this training at this hour. We have like this form and this and that. So he started bragging. Mm. And uh, so, I, so I got offended, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you see, the thing is, right, my Taiji brother, most of my Taiji brothers, they are not martial artists. Okay. I, I think half of them are, are actually musicians. Mm. The other half, like, are, are artists. Okay. So for them, Taiji is like a realization thing. They, they train it because they think they can be closer to, to themselves and, you know, okay. closer to, yeah. to, to enlightenment. Right. Right. They're seeking something else completely. So it's only about of us who actually have martial arts background. Okay. So, so he wasn't actually offended. He didn't even understand this whole martial art world Talking. kind of yeah. rules and mannerism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he wasn't offended at all. And, 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 and I was offended. So I said, wow, you know, you guys do so much. Uh, do you also do push, push hands? Yeah. And then he's like, yeah. I said, well, you know, let's push, right? <laughs> I want to see how, 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 how you guys do, 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 do push hands. Right. And the guy starts started saying, uh, 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 and I said, okay, if you guys don't do push, I can also do sparring if that's what you guys do, you know, push and all sparring, you, 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 you can choose. Right. So the guy just got up and, and he walked back into the tea house, but I think he was, you know, like the, the, the inner room uh -huh. and he didn't want to come, come out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. He understood. So, so the owner. She felt a bit humiliated because she invited this guy from the Wudang Mountain. Mm. So she went inside and made a phone call and then came out and said, you know what, you guys want to meet somebody interesting. I, I knew what she was up to. Yeah. But I thought, you know, it doesn't matter, Let let's go. So we drove from Zhuyuan all the way to 
呃青龙桥 ，which is 呃、uh, behind 颐和园 ，OK，quite、okay. quite far north。Yeah， and then you know we 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 park under a building and he made she made a phone call and this this um。So you went all the way to okay. So、uh, before, because I, I keep forgetting the listeners、yeah. don't speak Chinese. Yihuiyuan is the Summer Palace. Okay, yeah. Summer Palace, yeah. yeah. So it's quite a far drive.、Yeah. Went all, all the way there, and then you know, then then a、uh, a gentleman in the late forties came down, very friendly look, looking for person,、mm. and then like you know, then we got because it's already、uh, dinner time. So the Chinese cousin got to eat the dinner first. Right. So so he he so he got in in my tiny brother's car and then we we drove to a place that he wanted to eat. We got the old we ate like hot pot I I think.、Mm. And then during the hot pot tape, I mean I obviously knew this 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 girl told him to teach me a lesson because <laughs> she felt humiliated. Okay. Uh, but but you know but I was up for it so I didn't mind. Right. So we sat at the table. And then we started talking. And I, and I knew beforehand that this person does Tongbei. Okay. And at the time, I didn't think much of Tongbei because I did Tongbei when I was small with my father, Baiyan Tongbei. Yeah. And then later on, I also trained under another master from New Jie called、uh, Zhang Xinbin.、Mm-hmm. I think he actually recently won won on in in Europe. He got like、uh, training camps there and stuff. Okay. So. So I was confident that I know enough of Tongbei. So you know what's to, coming. You know, and I, yes, I don't really think Tongbei is that great. Okay. So so we sat down and then we start chatting. And I know he did Tongbei. So when he asked me what I do, I say, well, you know, I used to do buying Tongbei under my father, then I train Tongbei under Zhang Zhang Xinbin.、Mm. And when I say that, he he laughed and he's like, ah,、oh, you know, I know I know Xinbin quite quite well.、Mm. And、uh, and I said um so how did that I mean so I asked him like you know how how he knew him、mm. and he he asked me like do you know he he joined Wu Xing Tongbei which is something I heard a couple of years ago from from whose name again uh Hong Hong uh the Chuojiao Master Hong Zhitian ah、oh, okay yeah I yeah、so. I heard from him that Zhang Xinbin converted from Baiyuan to Wu Xing Tongbei. So Baiyuan for the listeners is White Ape, and Wu Xing is Five Element. Yes, there are two different styles of Tongbei. Five Element. Yeah, of Tongbei. Yes. So I knew that happened. So I said, Yeah, I did hear about that. I don't know why he switched though, because Zhang Xinbin was considered one of the top hands in Baiyuan Tongbei. Right. So he was quite up there in reputation and you know generation and fame all of that.、Mm. So it was quite weird for me. You know, at the time to hear that he switched to Wu Xingtong, but did he get? But he was in his fifth. Did he get? And, did he get beat up? And, he, and, he, and that's the thing I didn't know about when I first heard just the rumor. I was like, um, you know, he was quite established, right? Why did he switch over? Right. So on the on the on the dinner table, he he told me he asked me, "Do I know?" I said, "Yeah, I heard about it, but I don't know why."、Mm. He said, "Ah, you know, it's because we had a spa and he lost." <laughs> and. And obviously, at the time, I realized that you know it wouldn't be a very like easy loss. I mean, it wouldn't be a very small loss or a, or a very close one. It had to be quite a serious, a massive loss. Yeah. Yes, for him to actually decide to do another lineage of Tongbei completely. Right. So, so that's I, I realized I need to reevaluate this person in front of me. Right. It's not like a push over like a lot of other Tongbei guys.、Mm. You know, my 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 old. 
assumption to convey, well, at least you know from my experience, is that they have very really fast hands. Yeah. But they don't hurt that much. Yeah. They they, they lack the ability to seriously hurt you with one strike. Okay. But that was you know after doing each one, I was more confident of just rushing in, get an opportunity to do a zai quan and and drop the the, the 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 person. Right. And obviously the re- the reason I later on did uh, a bit of buying Tongbei was Zhang Xinbin was because he you know focused a lot on power generation structure and all of that, mm. which I thought was 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 good. But then later I discovered that he actually took that from Yichuan. It wasn't, it's not authentic by Anton Bay. Oh, I see. Yes, he actually, he doesn't talk about this. I even, I actually asked him back in, I think this was 2004. I asked him, I said, oh, you know, John Lafayette, what you show me similar to Yichuan? Mm. And he's like, no, you know, this is, this is by Anton Bay. But later I heard from others that he actually learned Yichuan from, from a, Old Yichuan master, I think it's called Li 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 Shen Yu. No, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I can't remember his name. So he actually he actually has he has like 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 a Yichuan teacher at some point. Maybe not official, but he definitely learns Yichuan stuff. Okay. Yes. Anyway, so so on the dining table after that, I heard that I realized this man is you know no joke. It's not just like the regular. You know the regular Tongbei guy yeah. where you know the you know the slap don't hurt and you just like tank it and and find opportunity to hit him really hard. So, and then after we ate, we we went back to his apartment. Mm. And then obviously, you know, at that time I already realized, you know, I probably can't beat him. <laughs> but uh, since we're here, um, I, I might as well Try. Um, you know <laughs> check out what what he can do, he, he can do. Right. I'm, I'm I like to experience things. You know, mm. I want to see what people are capable of. Yeah. I'm I'm always curious on you know, on the limit of Chinese martial art. Right, like right. What is possible and what what is not possible? You know, what are both and, and lies and what are actually achievable? Right. So it was a relatively small space, you know, in his uh, uh, apartment. And um, so we so we we got up. I made a move, and he did a P, which is like a like a forearm chop, yeah. onto my forearm. It was really fast. Um, so I, I couldn't get out of the way. Basically, I, I, I did a punch and he peed on my arm. Well, that sounds terrible in English. I, at, the, at that, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I know what you're saying. He did a chop. He did a chop on your arm as you yeah. punched. He did, he did a chop. Yes, <laughs> yes, as a punch. And and at that moment, I feel my entire arm numb over to my neck. Okay. And my head jerked forward uncontrollably and his other hand basically placed on my face didn't hit me but he placed on, on my yeah, face he's telling you he would have hit you yes and my arm was numb for like five minutes <laughs> really yes and i was really surprised okay i was like wow you know i don't expect tombe to have powers like like that right so so so, I, so obviously i said well you know you so much higher level than me. Um, so I basically I admit that I, I lost, mm. which is fine. Mm. Who and, who was and there, by the way? Continued. Did that girl come with? Did that girl go go with? Yes, yeah, yes. She she yeah, she came with and my Taiji brother. But the Wudang guy didn't come with. He he, he no, he didn't come with. Oh. No, initially he wanted to to try with my Taiji brother because he was uh Shu Shu Xiong yeah. when they introduced us. Right. 
but obviously he's a musician, not a martial artist. Right. So I uh, so I told you, no, 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 he doesn't actually he he doesn't do this. Mm, mm. So 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 yeah. And after that, then he proceeded on showing me a couple other things. And I just at that moment, I just felt that he has the same amount, the same type of power as my Yichun teacher. Yeah. But when he touches me, my structure breaks. Mm. And and at, at that time, I was quite, I was fairly confident on my structure because um, majority of the other people that I meet outside, you know, their structure is not as good. Right. But every time he touches me, my structure breaks. And the difference is, he doesn't have a structure of his own. Oh, okay. So his attack is more is more of a surprise than my Yichun teacher. Interesting. Like you know, you know, you know, Yichun lineage, right? When we start sparring or fighting, we hold our arms in front, almost like a stance. Yeah, you can see it. Yeah. So that, it, so in a, in a sense, you ward off the up, and also you try to. You try to, to to establish contact on the other guy's form yeah, exactly. and you use that to, to break to, to break the structure. Right. But when he was facing me, his two arms were next to his legs. Oh really? He just had his arms down. So I, Yes, so I had nothing to work on, which was very uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, what, what I'm used to is people holding out their arms and I can they are gonna try to go in and and, and use those arms as a pillar point. Right. But he, he, but he had nothing to for me to to, to work on. Mm. Only thing I can do is, is punch him. And when I did that, you know, he was wait, wait, waiting for for me. Yeah, that was his plan. Yes. So we we basically chatted at his place till like one o'clock in the morning. Mm. And then we went back, and for the next few weeks, I was basically thinking on how to deal with this type of approach to to, to combat. Mm. You know, because I know that I can't collide hard with his arm. Every time that happens, my arm goes very numb. It also flies out out of the way. Right. And also, I have nothing. I have nothing to 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 pivot on. Nothing to to, to control him. His arm with. Mm. You can never hold hold up a, a fighting stance. Right. So after like a month, I really have no idea how to deal with that. So I so I contacted him again. I basically asked my Taiji brother to. Ask his friends for for this master's we uh, we we chat account. Mm. So I I got contact with him. I said, "Can I come and visit you again?" I don't know. Maybe he think I was gonna have a rematch. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so but I, I don't know what he was thinking. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but but I, I went again. I was like, you know, I want to learn Tongbei from 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 you mm. because um, after seeing that, made me realize that you know the Tongbei I've done in the past are, are not the same. Right. Are completely not not the same, and I wonder I need to redo this from 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 scratch. Mm. So you start training and, with him. Yeah, and curiously enough, yeah, I started training with him since uh twenty sixteen. Okay, and you stopped your Taiji then? And no, no, I stopped. I still do Tai Tai to Taiji. Oh, all right. So, but I, I but basically I'm I'm just doing these two stuff now: Taiji and Wu Xing Tongbei, and I stopped doing everything else. Do you find them to be complementary? One of the reasons I made, uh, yes, that's a, that's one of the reasons why I, I decided to 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 do this is because um, this learning of Wu Xing Tongbei came from great grandmaster Zhang Ce, okay, who actually spent ten years in a young family when he was uh, when he was younger. Oh, interesting. So there's a connection. So yeah, so he, so so yeah, so actually he learned Qi Jia Tongbei will be you know. 
originally. Mm. You know, Qijia has like the, the old and the young. Yeah. So Zhang Ce's master was Chen Qing, who was one of the head of the old Qijia Tongbei. And he, he learned from his uh, elder brother, which is, I think, Li, Li Shemachun, kind of his, his name. What, what character so Qi is that? Oh, uh, it's a su, 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 surname. Oh, the surname Qi, okay. Qi. Yeah. Qi, Qi Jia Tongbei. That's actually the, the oldest form of, of, of Tongbei mm. that we can trace. So he learned the old Qi, and then he spent 10 years in the Yang family under Yang Banhou and Yang Jianhou, uh, according to, to, what, to what I heard. Okay. And then when he came out, he called his Tongbei Wu Xing Tongbei. And one of the, 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 the theories behind that is because he didn't want to compete with the young family. Oh, I see. He didn't want to call it Tai Chi Tongbei because, you know, at, at the time, only young family was making a living teaching Tai Chi. Tai yeah. You know, even the Wu family who learned from them weren't openly te- te- teaching. So they were leaving all the markers for, 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 for young family. I see. So one of the, the, the stories that Zhang Ce don't want to impede on that either, so he called it Wu Xing Tongbei. But what was in the language itself, uh, people also re- refer to it as Tai Chi Tongbei. Mm. Interesting. So unlike the conventional, unlike conventional Tongbei, which um, I'm sure you, you've seen, you know, when they do punches and hit the head toes forward, yeah. the, their body hunches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a typical a- external thing. But in my lineage of Wu Xing Tongbei, you know, you, your head can't toe forward, you can't hunch. Okay. Your body has to be zhong zheng, an, an shu, right. you know, like uh, uh, upright. Upright and centered. It, ba- it basically have the, yes, it has the exact same principle from, from Yang style Ta Tai Ji. Yeah. So although you, do, you have the same hand, like he, uh, Shui Tai Chuan Pi Zuan, you know, it has the same hand mm. as every other Tongbei. But the, the, the body posture, the mechanics are very different. You know, Zhong, Zhong Quan, the, the, the mid-punch in particular, is like a, a very obvious one. Most of the Tongbei lineages when they do the mid-punch, their body lean forward yeah. for extra reach. Yeah. But, but in my lineage, that is like a big no-no. Your body is upright. Mm. You, you get the reach from, from extending the sh- shoulder blade. Okay. But you can never extend your, 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 your torso for, for forward. Leaning, yeah, don't lean. And, you know, yeah, and, and my master will always tell me like, you know, Dito uh, Mao Yao. Oh. You know, it's like a common saying right. in, in, in my lineage. Would you explain what it means for the listeners? Uh, yeah, it basically means if you, if you head toes forward and you, you hunch your, your, your spine, then you're not good. Right, yeah. But, but, but obviously, this only applies to internal styles, I think. You know, it's not fair to, to use this and judge every other martial style. Well, of course. I mean, they make it work within their principles uh, for themselves. So other people could uh, do it yes, differently and make yes. it work too. So, yeah. Yes, I think that's one of the, the common problems in Chinese martial arts that everyone tries to use their own principle to judge everybody on. Well, the, the way to judge it is if it, if is... it works. So if you can make it work, yes. that's the only way to test that is not by looking at yeah. it, it's by feeling it and trying out with somebody. So Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So I would say that in my lineage of Tongbei, then this is one of the key requirements. You know, if in this lineage, your your head leans, your body leans, then then, then you're gonna get a slap from from the teacher. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, 
so that's one of the other main reasons. You know, one is I, I, I can't find a way to 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 beat him, mm. and I was quite amazed at how he can make my arm go numb so easily. Yeah, because you know I've, I've met people who who have conditioned arms. Like for example, I've met uh, a master from Action PP Gua, mm. and his name was uh, Zhou Qiang, one of the the older generation of master. And you know they have pretty hard conditioning on their arm, like they hit beanbags every day. Mm. And you know, and then when he hit my arm, it was sore, and like you know, the next day there's like, gonna be like a small bruise. But I can feel that if I just you know, grab my teeth, I, I can take that impact. Right. So so if I really have you know a lot in this allocation, that hit isn't gonna you know hinder my my action. Okay. Now, the next day I might have a massively sore bruised arm, but at the moment it, it it's just pain, and pain I can endure through. Right. But you know, but every time when my tongue master hit my arm, it just numbs all the way up to my neck. <laughs> so whether I wanna endure endure it or not, I lose function on my arm for for a little oh, while. Okay. And it and it breaks my structure. So. So it leaves you next, open to. You know, stopping his next yeah, hit. Yeah, the next hit is yes. coming through. Yeah, especially if it jerks my head, mm. so it messes up my my judgment completely. Right. Right. Just like how I feel when I used to train with my my Yichuan teacher, but like he also every time he does something to my arm, you know m- m- my head jerks and I can't see what w- what he did next. Right. So that's one reason. The other is because this is kind of related to to Tai Chi. In fact, in the lineage, our oldest uh Tongbei, my master's oldest Tongbei brother, uh he still he actually knows the Tai Chi form from great grandmaster Zhang Zhang Tse. Okay. Yeah, so so they actually have another lineage of the Yang style Tai Chi within our lineage. Oh, that's very interesting. You know, the, yeah, that they passed down from Zhang Ce rather than from the, the the Yang family. Yeah, do you guys have in this Wuxing Tongbei? Do they have a pool like a Chuan pool or some classics writings or? Uh, yes. Okay. Is yes, they have. And but yeah, yeah. No, no, you go ahead. Tell me about it. Okay, but the Quan Pu is basically the same as the Qi family Quan Pu. All right. Yeah, so basically, my master compared it with the Qi family, and it's the same same thing. So great grandmaster Zhang Ce, he didn't write his, his own classic. Okay. He just passed down the same classic he got from from his master. And he just taught his principles the way he wanted to teach them. So the keys in the teaching. Yeah. Well, look. You see, the thing is, my master would say that Qi Jia Tongbei originally was just like that too. But obviously, you know, I have my doubts because the Qi Sao Tongbei you see today are not like that. Right. So while I respect my master, but I can't completely trust him on, on this topic. Right, right. But he tend to think that everyone used to do it this way and then the, the Qi family now deviated. Yeah, but we all think like that. But like, I, I, I mean, to... even if, yes. everybody thinks that their way, okay, everybody that's doing it differently, they've deviated and they have their reasons to think that, but, you know, we will never be sure. Yes, but I tend to think that, you know, Qi Tongbei was like this, like we see today, it's just that, you know, great grandmaster Zhang Ce got the, the Tai Chi influence, so, so he actually deviated. That makes sense, though. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yes, I, I think that makes more sense, yeah. but I, I don't actually tell my master about that. Yeah, 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 I hear you. Yeah, I, I don't think he will agree. Um, so I think they might have a Tai Chi classic too, but I've never seen it because my master didn't do Tai Chi. Okay. He he was like a, 
he was more hot tempered when he was younger, so he didn't want to do the slow stuff.、Mm-hmm. He just did the Wu Xingtong guy. Okay. Yeah, so I think I think the head of our lineage now, right? The the, the oldest uh, uh, Tongbei uncle, he has the 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 Tai Chi side of the of the text. Oh. But I've never seen it, so so, so I don't actually know what's in it. Okay. So you've been doing that since two thousand and sixteen. You've been coming back every year to to train、yes. with him, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. So basically, I split my week. Um, so Saturday and Sunday, I train with my Taiji master. Then, then three days out of the other between the week, depending on his schedule, I I go I go to him. Okay. And what what have you learned? I mean, what is the curriculum like? What is the training progression like? Yeah. So here here's another interesting thing, right? Basically, we have a basic practice,、mm-hmm. which we call shoulder rot- rotation.、Mm-hmm. And then it is required that we do this two thousand times on each side a day. Yes, a day. And the interesting thing is, two thousand times doing the correct speed, you can't do it too fast. Uh huh. There's a there's a specific speed that you have to do it at.、Mm. It it amounts to exactly two hours. <laughs> yeah, it's a, quite a chunk of your day. So it's just like the Tai Chi training, right? right? It's like the interesting is that they all require two hours.、Mm. And、um, and while it is emotion, so so to speak, the more I do it, the more it actually feels the same as a stance. Oh, interesting! It just uh, it just uh, a stance that you, your arm is move, moving. Well, we have that. I mean, I don't know if But, you remember in in my teachers、uh, some of the stuff you saw me doing. He teaches us Jan Zhuang, and we have like Jan Zhuang methods that he was、yes. taught. But then he has、uh, mm. like. Moving Jianzhuang, which is Jianzhuang、yeah. with some small motions in it, and that's more important for us, you know. And we also have to do that yes, for yes. it's it's a, it's about an hour a day at least, and that's on top of everything else. So, just those. Yes. Yeah.、Uh, so it's a similar kind of thing that it's it feels like. Yes, I understand that's very important, moving, right?、Yeah. Because.、Uh, yes, because actually, I think a lot of people misunderstand. I think standing, just standing and doing nothing,、mm. and I think if you do that. Your whole life, you're probably not gonna get anywhere.、Right. You know, you you actually have to 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 get something out of the stand. And if you're just standing still and doing nothing, you're not really getting a whole lot. Exactly. Yeah. You know, even in our our, our Wuji stands in Taiji,、uh, we have like minor motion,、yeah. like rotating the yes, hips. Yes, exactly. Rotating the spine. Yeah. You know, it's like minor joint motion. You try basically you try to move the joint without moving the the limbs. Right. And I think that's actually what makes, you know, the 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 internal meaning of of stance.、Mm. It's not just doing a posture, you know, without any details to to go with、mm. it. Yeah. And the way my Tongbei master explains it is that you know, you base this is basically a way so that you force the principles into your body.、Mm. You repeat the same motion two hours a day, so that eventually you know all, all these principles and qualities and mechanics. Well, that's exactly how my teacher explains it. He just says we do it, we do it for a long period of time, and you know whether you we call it neigong or whatever. The 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 point is that why he, and he explains it very clearly. Why do we coordinate it with breathing? Because then you start to go into a subconscious state. Why do you keep doing it for such a long time over and over? Because you program your subconscious, so it becomes natural. It becomes part of you. You know. So yeah, it's it's、yes. a similar idea. You do it for a long. You can't do that in a short period of time, because to get your 
your mind yeah, into that state it takes a bit of time and then you've just got to do it through that state that it starts to to work on your subconscious and in, an, in a different way to you actually physically thinking about doing a movement so yeah it's similar uh yes yeah you have to basically form a, a, a habit right it becomes a natural so habit. so that is the thing i did yeah so that's the short rotation what i basically did for the first year without doing anything mm-hmm. else and i did actually three thousand because i thought you mm-hmm. know he said two thousand i should do more right so i did uh, basically one half one half hour on, on each side okay and then the next year i went there and then he taught me uh which is the the, the first of the five hands right and uh, and again you require to do 2000 on each side okay basically everything in this learning you do 2000 times if you want to do it right it's like either you don't do it or, or, you, or you do it to the right right amount mm-hmm. so basically every year I, I just learned one one move okay and then the third year I did Zhong, Zhong Quan, mm. which is one of the hardest uh, moves in, in, in my lineage of, of Wuxing Tongbei. Why is it hard? And, and after Why do that, you say it's so Yuan, hard though? I mean... Uh, it's a very awkward punch to, to, to generate power with. Mm. And there's a, a lot of requirements that, that go with it. Like you, you punch has to connect the same moment you, your front foot touch the ground. Okay. And, and, and that in itself, I, I, I struggle for quite a long time. Because I, I'm, I'm used to stepping and then pushing from the, 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 the foot to generate power. Yeah, it's something that I, I mean, I've, I mean, of course, Xingyi is that. You step and land, you, you, you step, land yes. and strike it immediately the same instant. So uh, I know and, I, yes, and I, I've tried to explain it to people that don't understand it. Rooting yourself and then striking is actually more natural and easier for people to do than to step yes. and at that it's split instant that you your weight lands on your front leg you strike it's more difficult yes yeah and i really struggle with that for quite a while yeah. um and that's when i realized a lot of people you know they might be doing the motion simultaneously but they're not connected right you know stepping and doing a punch at the same time on the surface is easy but like to have that force from the foot stepping connected to the punch it becomes so much harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, I mean, I don't know if you've seen a lot of the way that, I mean, I don't mean to to speak badly about any people or styles or whatever, but the direction that a lot of Xingyi and a lot of Song style people have gone is into excessive shaking. But at the ex- they've done uh, they've yes. done this at the expense of losing that timing with the front foot. Because to get that exaggerated shake, yes, they have yes. to root both feet on the floor at the same time. So now the timing and yes. the weight dropping goes away just so they can get the shake. And the shake is, I mean, half the time the way they're doing it, it's, it's got no combat or practical power value. It's, in fact, counterproductive. They're pulling their arms back more than they're striking them out. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see. But it's something that seems to be more and more common today. Purely, I think it's because people haven't actually tested their power. Actually, I mean that's the truth. So uh, yes, and uh, I think also because you know, students like to see the shape. Yeah, so they think it should be done like that. Yeah, like you, you attract more students if you shape. Right, right, that's true. You know, in fact, I think to a lot of Western people who haven't really gone too deep into Chinese martial arts, you know, they think shaking is basically far. far yeah, deep. that's what they say. Oh look, it's the real Fa Jing. Yes, I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, you know, the correct way of shaking is part of fajian, right. but there are a lot of styles that don't shake and fajian. Exactly, exactly. And shaking is usually it's a natural way or a natural reaction. I mean, sorry, a natural uh, consequence of an action. It's not a forced action, yes, you know, yes. and that's what's happening now. Yes, it can't be deliberate. Right, it's not deliberate, exactly. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So that's interesting. So that was what now those are that's what you've been focusing on apart from your Taiji. And uh, have you felt like you've developed? Yeah, so basically, I mean, how's it developing? Yes, actually, um, see, so so I felt like so when I did Taiji, I mean, I, I was getting better in terms of understanding structure and all of that. Mm. But it was a more slower pro process. And uh, the past year when I started doing Wuxing Tongbei, it sort of speeded up the, the, the overall pro, pro, pro process. Okay, that's very good. Yeah, uh, yeah. so it, it, it definitely for myself, it helped me a lot in the, in the overall pro, progress mm. of, of understanding and, and, and training. Well, that's great. And, and luckily, the two gels were together. I mean, there are, there are styles that are both good, but it might not gel well. Mm. Well, that's great. So it's good that, you know, yeah, just two actually gels together. So uh, you, you have a, I mean, you've been teaching for quite a while in South Africa. Um, I know it's not your main line of yeah. work, but you do teach. And have you started teaching Tongbei yes. at all or you're not teaching it? Uh, yes, I'm teaching to uh, just one student at the moment. Okay. Because, you know, the real stuff at least, uh, you know, the way I was taught is very hard for other, for normal people to accept. Mm. You know, I mean, when my master told me, you know, do the 2,000 times a day, I was like, okay, sure, I'll do it 3,000. Yeah, most people won't. But most people, they're not going to do yeah, that. Yeah, they won't. And there's not much else to teach in, in this lineage of Tongbei. You know, it's not like going to a, a supermarket and buying stuff. Right. Like a lot of other styles tend to do. You can, you have like, 50 forms and another 20 weapon forms yeah. and then you have two men sets. It's learning something. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's like, like a department that. store. And and that's how people treat yes, it too. They're like, oh, cool, I'm going to come learn a new form to sell. Oh, Jesus. Yes. Well, unfortunately, I think that's the only way to run a successful commercial school. Mm. Um, you know, the way my master teach is not very commercial. Uh, it's not commercial at all. Right. You know, I've been with him for since 2016, and I only know like three three moves. Right. And you have to be really serious to be willing to do that. Otherwise, it becomes really boring. Right. Okay. So yeah, so I have this one student who who been with me for a very long time since like 2003. So what was he doing up and I mean, he's learned other stuff from you, obviously too. Uh yes, each one before this. Okay. Yeah, so so he's doing this, and yeah, and everyone else. I mean, I don't have that many students at the moment, but everyone else, I just teach them more interactive things like Wing Wing Chun or whatever else. Right. You know, unfortunately, you know, not everyone wants to learn the deeper things. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You called your your school's name is called Tri Essence and. Why did you call it that? Uh, yes. Why, why? Why this name? Oh, because I think there are three important principles when it comes to any martial mm. arts. I mean, so the first one is more like a basic requirement that you need to have speed. Okay. 
if, if, you, if you don't have speed, you don't have anything, right? It's almost like, you know, if martial arts or, or fighting is, it's a dialogue or an argument, you know, speed is the right to talk. <laughs> okay, yeah. If you are slow, you don't even have the right to speak. Right. So I, I don't think speed is very special. You know, a lot of people have it, right? It's not hard to get speed, but it is a requirement. Okay. You know, especially to people who think speed isn't important, like, you know, some of the, the Tai Chi guys. Right. You know, they, they get a rude awakening when they actually see a punch coming. <laughs> Your speed doesn't matter. Right. So that's the first one. I think that it's the least important one, but it has to be there first. Yeah. The second one is like, you know, the approach to combat or application, depending on how you want to mm. see it. It's basically, you know, how to meaningfully use your speed. Because there are people who I've seen, you know, they believe in blind speed, but they, you know, the, 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 the motion is not refined. Okay. And they, they achieve very little. So I think you need to have speed and your motion need to be meaningful. It has to be trimmed and lean and, you know, purposeful to the precise goal you want to, to achieve. Right. So, so that's a portal combat. And lastly, you need a, a accumulation of training. So time. Or simply put, you know, yes, so that you can actually hurt people. Right? You can have, you can be really fast. You can have the career technique or, or, or push to combat. But if you just keep tapping the guy, you know, like some of the, the previous Tom Bay people I've met, you, you can't win. Mm. So on top of that, you need to have the ability to to hurt someone severely with you know one or, or a few hits, so you can actually end the fight or or, or the conflict. Right. So you kind of need need these three principles to make a martial art complete. Okay, so that's where the name comes from. Uh yes. Okay. And in South Africa, I mean, I've been gone for so long, I'm not even sure what the martial arts scene is like anymore there, specifically the Chinese martial arts scene. I mean, what is it like? Do you have interaction with other practitioners there? What other practitioners are there? Are there any prominent practitioners? Or... Oh, yeah. Well, I haven't, known, I haven't noticed any prominent practitioners, and I don't really interact with people. I'm kind of antisocial mm. that way. Also because, you know, most of them are not really serious about training. Yeah. So when I interact with them, there's really nothing to, to talk about. Okay, yeah. So there's no one new, really, since and I've I been don't gone. Think they, I, I don't know. They, they, they could be, but I've never, you know, I don't really go outside. Yeah. So, so I don't really know anyone. I don't go to events either. Okay. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah, so the more things change, the more they stay the same, it seems. Yeah. Uh, yes, I'm pretty sure there are new people around, but yeah, I mean, if I, you know, if I don't go to events or to the federations gathering, I wouldn't know. Right. So coming back to you, yeah, most of I mean, your training, though, I mean, as far as I understand, your goal is similar to me. It's yourself to develop yourself to train yourself. I mean, um, uh, yes. Yeah. So you're not. Yes. Well, I I, I want to. Yeah. yeah, I'm kind of curious on on how far Chinese martial art can go, mm. you know, like the old stories, what, you know, which are real, which are, are not real, which are exaggerated. Okay. Yeah. You know, when the, when the, when the texts say, Wang Xiangzhai sent somebody flying up on the wall, I want to know how, you know, how is it done? What's the limitation? What's the requirements? Yeah. You know, like it, it, it is it possible to do that? Right. Because a lot of the stuff, it just becomes myth eventually. Like, you know, if I say to someone, 
yeah, you know, my Tongwei Mao hit me on my arm, my arm go, goes numb. To a lot of people, that's just a miss. It's a story. Right. But if I can tell him, you know what, hold out your forearm and, and I'll show you, you know, this is how it feels like, but a lot, 10 times harder. Okay, yeah. And then it suddenly becomes more more tangible. Yeah. So I, I don't want Chinese martial art to remain in stories, right? I want to at least preserve part of it. And the only way to preserve it is to actually be able to do exactly. it. Exactly. So, and you don't, not just don't want it you know, to remain um, in stories, you don't want the stories to become more crazy uh, than, you know, than they already are. Yes. And also a lot, you know, especially nowadays, you know, then a lot of people just say, oh, those are just fake stories. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. You know, like there are two cameras, there are just extremely happy, like people who think, you know, like Chinese martial have magical power. Yeah. And there's another camp of people who are completely shut out to anything that's remotely beyond their understanding. Yeah. Well, I'd say there's even three camps and the other camp that thinks Chinese martial arts is not a martial art. It's just some, you know, oh, it's just some health yes. building magical exercise for health and other something else. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So I think all of them are not healthy. So yeah, no, that's true. Yep. And yes. And that, and to disprove them, you have to have the ability. You can't just, Pass on stories. Yeah, exactly. And now we've had uh, you and I have uh, spoken about it so many times and uh, online to others as well. Xu Xiaodong and Xu Xiaodong is a symptom of this unhealthiness that's actually occurred. People want to think he's a problem. Now he's not the problem. He's he's a result of a problem. No, he's not. He, he's a result of the problem. Yes, and I yeah. And I think thanks to him, people actually start to realize it is a problem. Exactly. But you know, it's like it's you know before yeah, him, it was Wang Shangjai yeah. before him. Uh, you you just said it. Uh, Wang Shangjai wasn't keeping quiet. He was actually actively challenging, talking, saying, and and you know mocking people to a, in his day the way that they would do it then. It's just you know it's not new. But yeah. now who's Wang Shangjai? Apparently, he's nowadays considered by those same people who think Xu Xiaodong is the devil. They think Wang Shangjai is a saint, but actually they're more similar than you think. <laughs> Those two people and what they were doing is very similar. Uh, yes, yeah. So yeah. Well, I, I gotta say Wang Shangjai wasn't much like during his days either. Exactly. That's why I say they're so similar. Yeah. They're so similar. Yeah, I think yeah. When you do things like like this, you're gonna get some hate. Exactly. Maybe in 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 fifty years there will be a style that came out of uh, Xu Xiaodong's students called Fungo Quan, you know, crazy mad dog style, <laughs> and he will be considered a saint of Chinese martial arts. Now, nah, I mean, well, that's probably not going to happen. But you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's like it's so funny that that you know, there's so few people that are that have your mentality and 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 the mentality of training, realistic training, martial training, and pushing yourself, you know, and testing, you know. But so many people yeah. are, are so-called Chinese martial artists today. So, you know, it's... it's. Well, I think, yeah, I think people, people don't really enjoy fighting, which I can understand. Mm. Um, but for me, you know, I mean, I wouldn't say I enjoy fighting, but I've always been into fight since like primary school. Yeah. So, so my main motivation to do martial arts is that, you know, I want to be able to fight better. Yep, same as mine. It's like a it's like a reason that a lot of people frown upon, but you know it's actually the truth. Yeah. When I was in like grade one, right, uh, in in Beijing, uh, they had this thing at the time, like you know, 一年级的小豆包，一打一蹦高, mm. and I found that very humiliating. 
<laughs> and they were like from, from grade three. They're like much older. Right. And by the way, I didn't understand uh, the concept of, of age and size and all of that. Yeah. So I just started trying to to, to fight them. And obviously it didn't go too well. So they were saying the, saying the same to you, right? Yes, because I was like, you know, for, uh, grade one, I just joined the school. Okay. And and I couldn't beat them with my hand. Eventually, I had to like throw a chair at them and stuff. <laughs> and so, yeah. So ever since then, I wanted to do martial arts because I saw that, you know, you can magically make me able to, to beat up o- older and bigger mm. kids. So that's like my main interest, you know. I wasn't really interested in looking good or... Or, or the or the cultural hype or most of the other reason that people do yeah. it. Those are all those are all additional and, uh, benefits, uh, but the main root of and the core yes. of Chinese of martial arts is combat. So, yeah. Yes, and I think if 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 that's not your goal, it's going to be very hard to carry on the proper training because it's very boring. Right. Yeah, it's boring and it's hard. You know, there's almost no no no. Yeah, there's no motivation for normal people to, to spend, you know, four hours a day on, on training. Mm. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it doesn't give them what they want. You know, I mean, what, what, how I endure through is that, you know, I'm thinking of the next time I'm going to beat up. Yeah, yeah. Not in like a bully way, but like, you know, like someone who's good and I can finally overcome onto his level or, or be better than Yeah, him. challenge yourself to, to improve. But also, I mean, at the end of the day, if you get into a bad situation... You don't want to be suddenly surprised that you're yes. unable to defend yourself. So they're all connected. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think if people have this mentality, then, you know, then the martial arts they do would be more practical. Right. Right. Uh, very true. Well, um, okay. Well, it's uh, been, I think, you know, we've, we've covered most topics. Um, I don't know if you have any, anything you'd like to add or any, anything you'd like to say. Um, I'm going to get your details from you about uh, about your contact details or anything that you want to be put out there, and then I'll put it in the show notes. But okay, yeah, is there anything else you you we missed that you wanted to talk about, or yeah, you let me you you say. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I think that covers more more most of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, it was a discussion because I've known you for a long time. The key point was to get your story out too because martial artists are interested in hearing other martial artists' stories. And uh, and maybe mm, maybe yeah. some more people down there can, can find you and uh, maybe come to see you if they're interested in South Africa and what you do and, and what, you're, what you're doing there. Otherwise, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's always good to have a discussion with other martial artists. So that was the key point here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the past few years, I've been doing less classes because I was doing that uh, the warrior productions thing. Oh, that's right. And you that were acting like on almost... that. You were acting as a. What what was your role on that? Like extra uh, action extra. And you were then in Cape Town filming, right? Yeah, yeah, in Cape Town. Yes. So that's that TV show that is loosely yeah. based on the idea of Bruce Lee's TV show or something like that, right? Yeah, apparently he wrote a script like you know back in the days, and then they kind of took it out again, and and like yeah, and made a TV show out of it. And was it good work? Was it interesting? 
yes, it's it's definitely interesting. It's, it's very tiring. It's all all film productions are. Did you meet any so other like, good good you know, martial artists there? Well, I met like uh, stunt people from China, so they're very good at the stunt mm-hmm. stuff. But I haven't met any real, uh, or should I say, traditional martial okay. artists. Yeah, I would, I would expect so. I would expect yeah. a different type of person. Is the show finished? Uh, no, actually, we did season two last year, and this year I think the the station that it was on, which is Cinemas, got restructured. Wow. And they're no, they're no longer producing originals anymore. So they got like a new. Uh, mission statement oh okay so the yeah so i think the show is really trying to find a, a new uh cable station mm-hmm. or you know host right if they don't then it's probably going to be be dead unfortunately yeah well that's that's unfortunate but at least it'll give you time to get back onto uh focusing on your own training and teaching and what what you want to do there so new new direction yeah because it was quite difficult to 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 teach for the past two years right. so the, you know like almost half a year i have to spend in cape town right, right. and yeah it's very hard to run, to run a class when i'm like half a year not well the other three months i'm in china yeah yeah exactly so most of the year you're not even there <laughs> yeah 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 so that was pretty bad yeah so finally the, 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 this year things started to, to, to come down a sure bit. sure Okay, well, man, it was good speaking to you. I hope that things get better here and everywhere with this virus and that uh, we'll meet up when you come through to Beijing again this year. So, Yeah, damn. I don't even know if South Africa have it or not. I don't think they even... I don't think you'd know, (laughs) to be honest, but... Yes, yes, I don't think people here care enough. (laughs) Well, just be careful. We might even have like a few hundred. We don't know. Yes, yes. Yeah, you too. All right, man. Yeah, I hope it goes better in time. Yeah, I hope so too.